Take your seats, ladies and gentlemen. And now, ladies and gentlemen, live from Pittsburgh Studio Number One, it's Cold War Radio. Here's your host, Hutch Bailey Jr. And a thank you to the soul of the possum, George Jones. Thank you for that jewel. And thanks, Bubba, for getting it to me. Welcome and thank you for choosing Cold War Radio. Please visit. ColdWarRadio.net, become a Cold War Radio patron. You'll be helping to support the Tunnels of Towers Foundation uh, with a portion of your donation. Tune in live Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, 8 p.m. Eastern Time, right here. If you want to write to the show, write to SCRTV at live.com. You can also write to Cold War Radio, P.O. Box 10433-370, Castle Shannon Boulevard, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, 15234. Please share the show when you're on social media or when you're in uh, wherever you go. Uh, give us a fair review on whatever platform you're listening to. We would surely appreciate that. Is week in review? It is week in review, and I need a wingman. This is a story of Fang's dog. For the dog that chases its tail, we'll be busy. He's a clapping dog. Rhythmic dog. Harmonic dog. House dog. Street dog. I love the brutal simplicity of that. The dog that chases his tail will be busy. We'll be busy. <laughs> Jack, welcome to the show from Virginia. Hope you're feeling better. Yeah, I'm operating on seven cylinders since uh, Tropical Storm Ophelia and uh, like a marathon phone call from a, someone who will not be named, Ken. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I've been down and down for since last 
Saturday morning, actually. So, uh, but there's so much going on. I said, the show must go on. Kathy said, hey, eat your chicken and rice soup and get your ass on the show. Nice. Nice. Homemade or in a can because it looks good. No, I'm old time Campbell's. There you go. Mix Me the too. water in the can. And Do you mix the whole can case. of water? I only mix no, half. Like, mix like, half. like about two-thirds yeah. water because that way you don't have to add salt to it, you know? Right, right. I grew up on that stuff, man. I mean, it's it really, I like grew up on it. Canned food was, it was the first thing to go in our house. My mom would buy so many cans of soup and whatnot. She didn't buy, like, the SpaghettiOs and stuff. I waited to do that until I was buying my food, but... We right. stayed. We stayed full of that soup, man. The, ch- yeah, the chicken and rice is my our favorite here. I know a lot of people like the chicken noodle or chicken and stars, but here, it's chicken and rice. That's a good one. I like that tomato just, uh, rice too. I don't know if you had that. That's good too. Well, I know, tomato. but I do like the ability to buy it by the case on Amazon, and you ain't got to carry it, and they deliver it right to your door. If you do order it, order it by the case. Otherwise, if you, you do loose, they'll get smashed up. You know. Yeah. It, but if you go by the case, they're already packaged in twelve canned things and and ship ready. So we had a Campbell's soup. Uh, was it Campbell's soup or was it Heinz soup? It might have been Heinz. Heinz, yeah, they they still have a massive. When I see some videos from England, I mean they have yeah. a massive canned food dis- distribution over there. There's a, Not a so Heinz museum in town, and and they have a display of stuff they don't have anymore. Man, they used to make everything. Heinz 57, there was 57 different things. I mean, at one time, I don't know if it stayed that way or it got more, but they used to make everything. But my point was, they had a factory on Allegheny River, man. The catfish and carp were big over there. (laughs) I guess so, yeah. Oh, my gosh. The water was still polluted, but they were big polluted fish. Uh, I'll tell you, I, I did something every now and then. You do something that you've never done before. You know, like when I told you about taking my four-wheeler up and I didn't check the rigging. You know, I never did that before. I checked the rigging a thousand times on stuff. But just that one time I didn't do it. Well, I have a a tap system. I drink beer on tap, and I have since 2006 with the same same kegerator that I had to rewire because it didn't work when I got it. But at any when I rewired it, I had to add a bigger fan. They only had a little fan in there. It wasn't keeping the beer warm. I mean, beer cold. And there's nothing worse. I mean, I had a half barrel Iron City beer in there. I couldn't get it. It wasn't cold. I mean, it wasn't You went down almost, you went like 34, 35 degrees. Yeah, this is a, you know. kicking it out at about 42. Or four, yeah, I mean, it was. I couldn't take it. I'm not, I'm not from England or Germany. I couldn't handle it. So I rewired it. When I did, I had to sacrifice the auto defrost feature so i could add this manual fan and i had to add a industrial temperature controller and so i it, it doesn't defrost itself and i forgot about it for a while because I, I maintain it i mean i do i clean it every every probably I, I only drink quarter kegs now i don't drink half kegs i can't carry them around anymore and it's not worth it but a quarter keg's perfect and you run into problems when you get a lot of humidity right yeah yeah that's I mean, it's, it's going to it's going to build up anyway, regardless. I mean, but because it's running like it used to have a circuit that, that melted it out and, you know, heated it. And then uh, yeah, like a your regular, in the back. Like that's little, what the frost free refrigerator yeah, freezer. Yeah. That's what it does. You exactly. Know? Exactly. And so I had to bypass that. Uh, 
So I left like, man, way too much time going. I, I better check the defrost situation. I opened it up and I looked in there. And I had an oversized fan in there. It's too big. I changed it since then. But uh, it had the ice had encapsulated the electric table fan that was in the kegerator. And I'm going, oh, smack. I got to finish this keg. <laughs> so I did. <laughs> but then I got it out. It took two days to frost it, defrost this thing. Usually, I used to use an electric heater, but I got all my electric heaters somewhere else. So I just opened the door and... I can hear you now. Hutch, Hutch, where are you? I'm on a mission. <laughs> yeah. I got to defrost this... Uh, uh, I'll be, I'll be I up Wednesday. I've seen you two days. Yeah, I'll be I'll up be Wednesday, there. yeah. So I, I like had a pan behind it, and I had some sham wows in there, and I'm you know transferring the water to a bucket as it gets full. But at night, I'm thinking, man, this pan is not going to hold an overnight full of this melting. So I drug the beer, the kegerator out, and I turned it backwards and put it out by it. My, it's all in the basement. And I got drains and all the floors. It's like a basement has. A lot of basements, if you don't have that, you got problems. But you can have problems. But So I just let it go in the, in the overnight into the drain. And it's fine. I'm putting it back together. Uh, put a new fan in it. Uh, Cleaned all the all the beer lines inside, you know, and all the faucet parts and the valves that hook to the keg. And I went and got a keg and put it in there. And I mean, I'm working on this thing for a couple hours in the morning uh, the other day. And, and I went to I had the faucet off and I'm hook, put, putting the keg back in. And I went out of sequence, man. And I wasn't paying attention. And I hooked this keg up, and there was no faucet on there with a, a valve. <laughs> and the freaking beer shot out of that freaking hole about six feet. And I was like, damn. And I, I quickly took it off. But I'm glad I got to see that once in my life. But I've never done that before. You know, this stupid story to start and out the show. And you didn't capture that on video either. No, and that's there, what my there wife There goes said. your viral YouTube moment. You could have made money I off of it. I could have if I had an account. I'd have to done it on Rumble. <laughs> but that was the first thing my wife said, too. No video. It didn't happen. Uh, you sent me a video that uh, the only thing we can do on the show is talk about it. Uh, you, you sent it's me cool a video and of creepy, those, right? Those Chinese yeah. drone orchestra, the swarm. Do you believe that? Yeah. That when we talk about on the show that swarming drone techs on the military aspect, right? Which is something that is been speculated like once you get how are you going to handle that defensively as a military unit and then here i go and i was watching ben swan's uh, x feed and he shows up this chinese drone show of pokemon i mean and it's it's not fireworks i mean they do some amazing things with fireworks but this was a drone show that was crazy which in the in the sky turns into the Pokemon dragon and the Pokeball and all this stuff and it's all drones and you look and if you fr freeze frame it and just count how many points of light are in there that's each one of those is a drone and it's all like yeah. computerized synchronized yeah. I mean perfected you transfer that to a military offensive and what's going to come from this you know and you don't think. Nets. <laughs> Steel, steel, steel camouflage <clears throat> nets. We are something like we that. already see what what drone drone warfare is doing, and not not the 
the United States military, big, gigantic, massive air, airport needing landing and refueling. We're talking. Oh, we're behind the times. The man. four or $500 ones you can buy in the store that you use. Like you look at all these YouTube, they'll take B-roll films of, of landscape shots or the fishermen where their their boats going out to go to the fishing site and they got a drone above you can see it the cool shots yeah that's all cool but that same drone technology is being used on both sides of the russian ukraine conflict and killing people they there was a, i don't know if they're using video. swarms they're definitely no. using drones they're just the off the shelf ones and you know and ours, that's where we screw up our drones cost I covered this in millions, uh, yeah, in warrant officer uh, um, staff course. These things are in the millions of dollars a piece, dude. Right. They're as big as a freaking small plane. Some of them. These aren't little drones like in a store. That's what we should be using. Our military, man, we got, we got, we need some new leadership. We really do, really, really badly. I mean, we're still, we still have bases in the Pacific that it's like, are we waiting for Pearl Harbor to happen again? China has two aircraft carriers. That's all. You know, it's like not going to happen that way. And we're putting all these billions of dollars. Up. They just passed another budget for the Pentagon for $800 billion for the second year in a row. That much money. Somebody, this is, this has got to stop. I saw another, and I'm going to get into some other things in a minute, but one more thing. I, I saw another thing that's talking about the military-industrial complex, and I'm going to tell you what to watch for. The thing we got to watch for is they need a draft. That's what these people need, the people that make the uniforms, the boots, the rifles, the helmets, the safety glasses. Everybody's going to have their own iPhone. They're going to have it's, – it's out of control. It's completely out of control, and it's got to stop. And I know there was some commentary on Wednesday night's chat about the doom and gloom and the bad news all the time. And I'm sorry, man. I don't want to do it, but they're not doing it anywhere else. There's people in this country, a large swath of people in this country right now that don't know there's an impeachment hearing going on with Joe Biden. There's people they didn't cover it in any of the network news. From what I'm reading, I don't watch the network news. Correct me if I'm wrong, but that's what I'm reading. And if you saw any of the coverage, it was from the Democrat side, and you had those little iPads showing up, GOP shut uh, shutdowns, boom, the countdown yeah, clock. Yeah. You see that? Yes, they played that kind of stuff. You know, yeah, it's it's sickening. It's absolutely these people. They need to be brought up on charges when it, when the, when the trials start. I'm telling you, they really do. I get a thing. <laughs> This isn't going to be a good night for the Republican Party on the show either. I'm sorry about that, too. But I didn't do it. They did it. Uh, RCAC, that's the Republican Committee of Allegheny County, where I live, where the biggest election theft in the country occurred in my county. Another cookout coming? RCAC is (laughs) is pleased to announce. What's this? This is September 28th, ladies and gentlemen, 29th. RCAC is pleased to announce the formation of five new standing committees, the Policy Committee, the Membership and Development Committee, Youth Outreach Committee, and Judicial Review and Public Safety Committee, and the Election Integrity Committee. In September 29th of 2023, 
we have decided in the most corrupt county in the state of Pennsylvania, short of maybe Bucks County, but I don't think so, that we're going to have an electric, uh, election integrity committee in the Republican committee. And they wonder why people can't stand them. I'm sorry. They don't have a grassroots, uh, let's get our first elected Republican in Allegheny County committee. (laughs) They are running the guy that might win as a county executive. I will say that. But that has nothing to do with them. But I'm just saying. No, I know. It's sickening. It's it's, it's hard to take, man. When when you want to win and you've got this against you, it's hard to deal with. It really is. I mean, I don't know what else to say about it. It's uh, Anyway, all right, enough on that. Let's go to Jack's World. What do you got, brother? If anything, it might be just uh, uh, a couple aspects. Well, we discussed and- discuss most of it, but we can just do briefly touch on the uh, the winner of the Cold War, the, the inaugural <laughs> Cold War radio base, Major League Baseball pennant goes to the Hutch Bailey Jr. Pittsburgh Pirates because it's over, Johnny. Uh <laughs> The good thing, the NHL's fired up and the Capitals won last night from preseason. So, you know, my my uh, mourning for the Nats is only going to last for a short time. And next year we'll be right around the corner. There you go. We'll have to get into the into the hockey as well. I'm going to I'm going to definitely be following that, too. I had a great time this this summer. Uh, I'll tell you, I've been it, we were blessed with good weather here. Uh, and what I mean when I say that is. Every single night, whether I do a show or not. I end up on my back porch in the summertime, and I have a, a propane fireplace like those that uh, that came down to CPAC in February of 2020. Uh, will remember we gathered at an Irish pub outside in February, and they had these uh, propane fireplaces. I got one just like the one that was at that bar on the back of my porch because it was effective, man. We sat out there for a couple hours, and it was chilly out there, and it was fine with that uh, – with that fireplace. But I only got chased in, I think, one or two nights. Last night I got chased in. It was too windy. My fire was burning sideways. But uh, there was only one other night that I remember, maybe two, throughout the entire summer that I got chased inside. And that's rare. That was good. I didn't get rained out. So that's, yeah, that was a good year then, huh? Absolutely. And almost every night I listened to a baseball game on the radio. You know, it was, it was and that's the first time I did that in, man, in decades. I used to watch it on TV, but I, I pretty much got away from TV anymore. Uh, I, I don't know why. It just it just happened spontaneously after they fired Tucker Carlson, and it was like it's uh, just a, it, yeah, it's tough. I mean, f- for my my teams, the Nats and, and the Orioles, unless I have some kind of a, a cabling or a network that has the package that has that carries both teams, I can't even watch it. And they if they play it on a national network. They won't. They'll black it out because I'm supposedly in in their region for broadcast. I'm like, this is all messed up. It used to be that way, right? Because before cable, that they would actually black out games if your home team wasn't sold out. Yeah. So it would urge people to go watch the game as the stadium. But now I don't know what's going on. You've got Amazon broadcasting NFL <laughs> games. Not that I watch NFL, but I heard that they're doing it. Thursday night games and all these streaming services. YouTube is in on it. And I mean, it's crazy. MLB.com is only like a hundred bucks a year. At least when I, I yeah, but they want, I, but yeah, we were almost going to do that. And they said, uh, we looked into it and it's like, because we're in this area, 
we're supposed to be able to watch it, but we would have to pay another $150 to get a different service in so we can watch our home teams. It's crazy. It so nuts. we just like, just it used like to be you. free. You're right. When I, when I yeah. was growing up, it was free, man. <laughs> it, was, it was everywhere. It was it, free plus yeah. the plus the Cubs. You can watch them anytime, and the Braves. I don't know, but they, the you know, they're working the ten-year, three hundred million dollar contracts for players these days. It's uh, somebody's paying for it. I'm sure you can find it on the radio for sure. Yeah, I mean, I, it, I just went back and I just I just reverted to that, and it's a blast, man. I mean, after you, if you get used to it, it's it's like, man, this is better than watching it to me. It takes you back to when you were a kid. Yeah, yeah. I used to watch and, and listen plus to you all. sit there and you you want to hear that bat hit that ball, man. Yeah. You know, and, and when there's a big hit, you do hear it. It's a, it's cool. I like it. Most of most of the uh, the sporting events via audio and radio are are much better than watching them visually because they can tell a story, right? And if they're good announcers, I mean, they tell a hell of a story. Even if your team's losing, it's like, wait a minute, there's drama going on here. But uh, and they like respond to email from people and tweets because you always have that color guy. I mean, I know you got them on TV too, but. I don't know. It's just something. It's an Lost a big color up. guy. Yeah. Big color guy this week. Brooks Robinson. Uh, is he still Hall around? Famer. He just passed this week. Oh, wow. Uh, but, yeah, he was one. I mean, he, on the radio, you could listen to these old, uh, fiery. Yeah, we had uh, Steve Blass. You know, who, who struck Brooks Robinson out in the World Series? Nineteen <laughs> seventy? <laughs> is that what it was? Seventy-one. Seventy-one. Okay. Yeah, it was uh, the Robinson brothers, Brooks and uh, and Jackie. Jackie or Frank? Frank. Frank yeah, Robinson. Frank, yeah. And Boog, Big no, Frank. That, he was on Minnesota. Not Boog, Boog Powell Boog, was, Boog on, Coon. Boog, was on. Bowie Coon. Was it Bowie Coon? Boog Powell, first baseman, Baltimore Orioles. Okay, so, okay, the other guy was in Minnesota. Big Boog Powell. Harvey Big. Killebrew was in Minnesota, but Boog Yeah, Boog. he was a big, big guy. Red. He, he, boy, he was bitter to the end, wasn't he? But they didn't beat us. <laughs> I swear they wore spikes, and the spikes were oh, coming yeah. at your ass on you yep. trying to cover the bases, right? You oh, know. Yeah. Uh, now it's like you can't touch nobody. Right. It's it's different, but I'll you know whatever. It's still a hard game. That's that's still a hard job. I mean, I don't. I'm not saying yeah. they earn their keep, but man, that's not just uh, that's some. It was a good good stuff. year for Major League Baseball this year. The, I think the so rule too. changes. I mean, it. it and they it backed came, off from the woke stuff a little bit, you know, the culture stuff. They got, I mean, they didn't yeah. eliminate it, but they backed off from it a little bit, and I think that's good. And yeah. I'd like to see them totally eliminate it, which they never will, you know. But anyway, whatever we get, what we get, going to three. Uh, something I'm, I want to, I want to say something here before we get into the rest of the show. And geez, oh man, we already ate up a half hour. Uh, this is a, almost like a, a, a preface going forward. And, and I, I read this and I thought of you people. Um, and why am I not getting as loud as I want to be on this thing? Am I sounding all right? I guess I probably am, but it doesn't sound good here. All right. Well, we're just going to go with it. I can't get past a certain place. Let me look over here. Hold on. And I don't know why. And I'm a sticker for stuff like that. So it's bothering me, but I'm not going to worry about it. Okay, here we go. Something necessary to understand about Washington, D.C. Spurred from several recent conversations, it becomes entirely necessary for this specific audience, and and this is Sundance, 
talking to the people that read the conservative treehouse, and I am using Sundance to talk to you. And it becomes entirely necessary for this, for this specific audience to understand a reality that is never discussed. If you're reading this, wherever you are reading this, by self-association, you are in a select group of high-information people with a much larger understanding of the issues than your network. That means you know, comprehend, understand, and have a level of insight and discernment that is far above average. Now, let me be brutally honest. Ladies and gentlemen, when I started reading this, you know what came to mind? Oliver Anthony came to mind. And they think you don't know, but I know that you do came to mind. That is the most profound statement of our generation, I think. I don't know if it's, if it's, if it's sunk in yet. But that jumped out of that song into my brain, and it's burned in there forever. Because that's where we are. Yeah, last I looked, I think it was Wednesday this week, that song is still on iTunes number one. Wow. That song. I mean, how many weeks ago did it come out? I was at Camp Normandy about 11 miles from Camp Normandy at a golf course. And I was in the dining room because I don't golf. I'm the only warrant officer in the history of the United States Army that doesn't golf. And I'm in this place eating dinner with my son-in-law. Or no, I was in there with my wife. This is three weeks ago. And the song busts out in the bar. Nice. I was stunned. I mean, that's the right kind of people that would listen to it. Right. But I didn't know it made it that far outside our circles, but it has. All right, here we go. Factually speaking, all of the people within the mechanisms of D.C., the people you associate with being key allies to fight back against the visible corruption, the people you assign hope toward, are not as smart as you. Reread that as needed. If you need to read it, you can go to the conservative treehouse. One of the biggest shifts of thinking needed in order to change our dynamic to the abusive relationship with government is to realize these people you consider important are just not that smart. They are not wiser. They are not more strategic They are not as well-versed in the details at the heart of the crisis. They are not as well-informed. They do not have special access to information that makes them more capable. They do not understand the issues better than you. Again, reread that with new eyes to evaluate and understand the challenge. It doesn't matter what position they hold or what access they have or what groups, interests, networks, or information resources are at their disposal. You know more than them, and you understand the material at a much higher level of comprehension than they do. It does not matter what their rank of import or importance is. Think four-star General Milley. You know more. Once you realize this, then you begin to change how you look at the challenge and at their functional capability within it. The informational context you assign to them does not exist. The things you think they know, they don't. The very specific information you believe they are aware of does not exist in their mind. The people in Washington, D.C., those allies who you think might have the skills to fix issues, have no concept of what material you are aware of. You are light years ahead of them in the scale of information you understand 
and the context it means. I am not being hyperbolic. Here's the kicker. They think they are more aware than you. The system around them reinforces the belief that they hold some level of knowledge that you do not have. As a result, when they engage with you, they talk down to you or talk in a manner of unintentional intellectual condescension that stems from a place where they cannot fathom your level of knowledge. If you have the opportunity to talk to them, I mean, really get beyond the surface level stuff and dig into the weeds, even in the shallow weeds, suddenly they start to get a strange look on their face that becomes fear as your knowledge starts to destabilize their prior view of you. Let me be clear and precise. It doesn't matter who they are or what title they hold. The same reality of material fact that I am describing applies to all of them at every level. If you think of a top apex level person currently or formerly inside government that aligns with the principles of freedom and liberty and has a keen awareness of the issues and subject matter that has created our current crisis dynamic, I have likely spoken to them. Those who fit that description and may even be reading this right now will tell you in a moment of brutal honesty, I am correct. The people you think can fix this stuff have no idea how much you know. Additionally, it becomes destabilizing and unnerving for them to accept your level of information and understanding. Another key and important element beyond the knowledge, intellect, wisdom, and discernment level, you care more about it than they do. The stuff that you know, the stuff that you yearn for them to address and fix is more important to you than it is to them. Why am I telling you this? Because we all need to change your reference points when communicating with them. We need to confront their condescension early in our contact. We need to deliberate, direct, and brute. Uh, we need to be di deliberate, direct, and brutally honest in our delivery. When we write to them, articulate the arguments. When we talk to them, pull them into the weeds of the issues and force them to see that our grasp of the topic far exceeds their ability to bullshit their way around the issue. Being courteous, respectful, and considerate for their role does not mean you have to dumb yourself down or consider yourself subservient to their view. I guarantee you two things. First, that you know the material better than they do. Second, I absolutely guarantee that you care more than they do. What the latter element says about the challenge is for another discussion. But these key points need to be emphasized. That's it. Love to all. Sundance.
Golden words, man. I never Some, thought of it that way either, but I believe it. Uh, rallying call, you know, we're here at, at a certain stage where things are starting to move. The, 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 the wheels are starting to get greased and things are turning. Like you said, that big uh, aircraft carrier is starting to turn and head in the right direction. And we've got one this shot. Is, we've got one shot only. I mean, we are, we are literally one election away from being a communist country that kills people, our own people. We're close. I mean, it's uh, you can pretend it's not happening. I will say this. Don't let it screw your life up. Live your best life. I know I am. Live your best life. The best you could. The, the, if you wanted to do something for a long time, do it. I mean that because there's going to be a plenty, plenty of fight in the future. And, and nobody knows how this is going to turn out. We're going to see with our own eyes if the American experiment was successful or not. Because we've been, we've been corrupted for decades now. We're, we, we, are, we have not been a free country for a long time. And the morality decay is, it's really disgusting when you think about it. Uh, and we've got to get our, our, our traditional roles back intact, men and women. We have to do that regardless of what the government does. In, in a small way, this week, we've seen uh, the evidence of the bad and then slightly hints of regaining what once was. And I'm speaking just of the Philadelphia store riots, right? Yeah. And in one one social influencer was among the 50 60 that get arrested crying in the mug shot i saw the news report coming out of philly i mean meatball. they got 40 or 50 charles meatball that could have been a, a desantis pack plant to steal the nickname that uh desantis <laughs> has meatball put it on the influencer but then uh i saw news uh from Philly where they had the grandmother of this young lady and basically saying that she is, she is uh, so ashamed of this woman for her participation in, and and this, but there's charges filed. Let's see how far they go. But yeah. that's, that's the part. That's the turning point. When have you seen that? Right. Usually there's nothing. Now you see the Philly police went in and they were i saw them roll up in the bicycles and were tackling and trying to stop some plan. of them they had a they had a uh like a all city reaction rapid response force that worked it's like yeah. everybody that worked for philly man boom go to but this place I, grandmothers shaming grandchildren will work a hell of a lot faster that's true if this keeps going right so that's like right there that's the ship just starting so we need more of that I because agree. you know it's gone it it th that point we've reached the point of no return it's either we return back to the america we knew or it's gone it's right. done so there and we already saw all these major stores that the so-called woke stores that are uh, silent and pushing forward the social justice now leaving. I mean, yep. Seattle, San Francisco, Chicago, Detroit. I'm surprised they, uh, they lasted that long. I saw a report from Walmart that uh, it was either Walmart or, or, or Target. 
But Walmart put its first store in Chicago 17 years ago. And for 17 years, the people in Chicago stole from that place where it was not profitable one year when it was there. That's a bunch of animals right there. That's yeah. a that's I mean, an out of control local government right there, and out of control fathers. Sorry, man, it, it is what it yeah. is. Yeah. Well, then you have the Chicago mayor saying, "Hey, well, we'll just have government stores, and yeah, they won't right. steal from us." It's like, right. yeah, okay, yeah. Kind of reminds yeah. you of the of the old things we saw in grade school about the Soviet Union and the food lines with the government stores in Russia. Right. Senator right. Diane Feinstein passed away on Friday at the age of ninety. After serving in public office for decades, she was, as Los Angeles area ABC7 put it, the first woman president of the San Francisco Board of Supervisors, the first woman mayor of San Francisco, and one of the two of the first women elected to the U.S. Senate from California. She was also the longest-serving female senator in U.S. history. A liberal to the core, she was rejected in recent years as too moderate by an increasingly left-wing Democrat party. Another communist enemy of the state gone. Peter Schweitzer's new book, Red-Handed, How American Elites Get Rich, Helping China Win, tells the story of how Senator Dianne Feinstein's husband, Richard Bloom, was part owner of a Chinese firm that allegedly sold computers with spyware chips to the U.S. military. He's still alive, by the way. Or no, he's not. He's not. I don't think no, he's alive. He pat. They're fighting. They were fighting yeah, over his true. money. Now they're going to fight over both of their money. Yep. The military has never been able to calculate how much sensitive data these computers allowed China to steal. A hefty chapter of Red Handed is devoted to tracking Feinstein's long and expensive relationship with communist China. The senator has made herself very, very useful to Beijing. So useful that she actually tried to excuse the Tiananmen Square massacre by suggesting China only called in combat troops to murder thousands of demonstrators because it ran out of cops. Well, I'll tell you what, man. The United States Senate is a joke for letting her continue to serve that whole time. I'll tell you, it's almost time to rout all of them. She had a communist Chinese driver for 20 years. Right. Unbelievable. Oh, but I represent Chinatown. I'm sorry to hear that. Chinatown, United States, or Chinatown, uh, Xinhao Province, you know? Ask, ask Mitch. It's yeah. somebody related to his wife. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. All right. You know, like, I mean, I, no. She's, she gets no, no quarter, no quarter at all. Um, sometimes we're just better off without people. There's about 10 or 15 other senators that could go the same way, and we wouldn't miss them a bit. Uh, and that's just reality. They're too old. There's a woman that came on to the scene today. Uh, her name is Representative Lisa McLean, Republican. What's MI? Michigan or Miss Missouri? It's Michigan. Michigan. A Republican U.S. House Oversight Committee member showed exactly why she is among the most badass women in Washington, D.C. I mean,. <laughs> She doesn't play, man. I'm I'm trying to I'm trying to see where we're at here. What, what is it, McLean? Uh, oh man, come on. Where's that? I don't have it. Yes, yeah, right here. Let's listen. First, to Professor Gerhardt, um, I love the analogy that you used about um, the speeding ticket with Hunter Biden. Let me also see if you would agree with this analogy. Um, 
If a criminal pulls a trigger for a murder, he's guilty, right? And we can prove it. But don't you also agree with me if somebody ordered that hit, we would charge him too? It's interesting that you don't use that analogy. That's number one. I, I, number I have two, a reason for not using it, but yeah. Yeah, because yeah, it doesn't fit the narrative no, is the reason. No, because number no two, I'm of... amazed at, and I'm a, I'm, I love the fact that Trump lives rent-free in the Democrats' heads every day. That is a beautiful thing, even though we're here talking about the impeachment inquiry of Joe Biden. With that said, I want to talk about the damning evidence of Joe Biden's role in his family's business schemes in Romania. While Joe Biden was president, he was directly involved in the United States policy and anti-corruption efforts in Romania. That's a fact. On May 21st, 2014, the then Vice President Biden delivered an anti-corruption speech in Romania, right? On September 28th, 2015, the President visited with the then Vice President Biden, the Romanian President visited with the then Vice President Biden at the White House to discuss anti-corruption efforts, right? Got a theme of corruption, anti-corruption, right? Gabriel Popovich, a corrupt Romanian oligarch, in the subject of a criminal probe, he's a subject of a criminal probe and prosecution for corruption and bribery in Romania. This committee has reviewed transactions showing that the Biden family received money from a foreign company run by this um, Russian oligarch, corrupt Gabriel Popovich. Five weeks after the Romanian president visited with Bi Vice President Biden, Popovich begins paying Hunter Biden and his associates, Rob Walker, through his company, Bladen Enterprises. The money from Bladen Enterprises is deposited directly into Robinson Walker LLC. Now, this LLC is directly operated by Hunter's known business partner, Rob Walker. These are, all, these are all facts, right, that we found through the investigation. In November 2015, and again in March uh, 2016, Hunter Biden, who is not registered as a foreign agent under FARA, meets with the U.S. ambassador to Romania. Red flag. Then, coincidentally, over $1 million dollars flows to the Bidens. I'm not much for coincidences, and I don't think the American people are either. Let's run through the numbers together. Between November 2015 and May 2017, Bladen Enterprises deposited over $3 million into Robinson Walker's LLC business account. But the, then the Biden family accounts received more than $1 million from Robinson Walker's accounts after these deposits were made. Ironically, 16 of those 17 payments occurred while Joe Biden was vice president. Now, I think most Americans would find it suspicious that, ironically, these payments ended shortly after Joe Biden left office. Another coincidence. Mr. Chairman, I ask unanimous consent to enter into the record the Oversight Committee's May 10, 2023 Second Bank Records Memorandum showing Joe Biden's involvement in his family's business schemes in Romania. 
without objection to ordered. I see three problems here. One, while Joe Biden is touting anti-corruption efforts in Romania, Hunter Biden is employed by a corrupt Romanian oligarch. Interesting. In direct violation of FARA, Hunter Biden meets with the U.S. ambassador to Romania while being paid by Gabriel Popovich. What was Hunter Biden selling to the Romanian oligarchs for millions of dollars? I'd still like to see a contract of that. Professor Turley, um, I know I'm almost out of time, but you've previously said that Hunter Biden could be charged under the uh, Foreign Agent Registration Act. Can you explain why? Gentlelady's time's expired, but please feel free to answer the question, Mr. Turley. Uh, much of the, the conduct described in, in these disclosures does seem to fit uh, what we saw with the charges of Paul Manafort uh, mm. in terms of being a foreign agent. Uh, some of this does appear to be that type of lobbying on the part of Hunter Biden. Uh, the failure to register as an agent, of course, helped conceal that, but that's not necessarily the motivation behind it. The question is, uh, should he have registered as a foreign agent during uh, the course of this conduct? And it just seems to me, looking at the Paul Manafort indictment, that there's considerable overlap in terms of the type of, of, of actions taken. Perhaps there's a two-tier justice system. With Mr. That, Chairman, I yield back. may I ask unanimous consent to enter uh, Ms. McLean's chart into... Without objection. Without objection. So ordered. Um, <laughs> never heard of her. And that's... Uh, uh, that's one thing that's good about hearings is you get that you get introduced to people where you can make a character analysis, and she seems like she cares about it. And I think there's a lot of people that do, but I still agree with Sundance. And basically, um, there, there's people that they they become by design obscure. You never heard of her because she's good at what she does, and idiots don't want to bring her to the top. Because then they won't be in the top anymore. You know, they're, they're cursing the day they ever gave Matt Gates a mic. You know, it's the I way know, it's They the way came it's out attacking him with, I mean, it's like, always. It's got to be some kind of nefarious, uh, of course, uh, sexual uh, deal with it. What was it this week with that Cassidy lady who said Trump was trying to grab the steering wheel of the beast? When they were <laughs> yeah, taking yeah. him back to the White House, she's like, he wanted to go to the Capitol. And now after Gates came out last last week, you know, and started this charge, I mean, and, and thank goodness he did because yeah. everything's going well for us as far as uh, Almost putting a spotlight. No, it, it's a, you can't have 100% again. wins. Yeah, no, you're right. But I the know. spotlight is there, and it's not going to go 100% our way but it just needs to start leaning our way a lot of it a lot of it has i mean i agree with you but then they had to throw but then they throw they throw this garbage out there they try you know Uh, you listen to these democrats at these hearings and it's like i feel sorry for the people that i know that believe that stupid shit i really do i i feel sorry that there's americans some are veterans that defend these people that have sold them and their children and their grandchildren out. The Democrats defending Joe Biden got screwed every bit as much as we did. And they're too stupid well, to see it. Yeah, when have you ever heard Kevin McCarthy speak for the people? Never. 
of 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 America. He's not one never, of the people. Right, he's a, he's a rich freaking Californian. Uh, he speaks bride, for the donor class. Inspector. He speaks for. I mean, I I've said it since Citizens United was uh, announced, where they basically said corporations are citizens and allowed this crap. You, you never seen election uh, coffers filled up this high before that because it was illegal. On now our side, got, on the other side, you saw it every side. day. No, the unions, the unions did the same thing the corporations did with the Democrats. The unions have you been don't, you don't, but you don't, yeah, but you don't fight that by by doing what they did. Because oh, I'm not, I now, agree with now that, but I'm just, I'm just saying it wasn't. It, it wasn't. Uh, there was a reason they did it. They were getting beat money wise, and I, I don't agree with it either. But I do agree that corporations are people. Hey, the money's equal taxes. now. They're still getting their ass beat. I know, I know you're right. You know, you're, you're so right. it's yeah. like you're right. It wasn't it's the money. Right. You know, it's the message. It's, and, well, uh, it's not only that. It's the tact. It's the two teams. It's the motivations behind the two teams. You know, the two the two corporations. The Democrat corporations uses their money to get power. The Republican corporations uses everything they have to enrich themselves personally. They don't have a political ideology. Kevin McCarthy doesn't give a shit whether Gavin Newsom is president or anyone else. He doesn't care. As long I've as never seen in my lifetime give him money. A weaker person in the speaker's seat than him. Well, Paul that, Ryan comes up pretty good. Uh, no, Paul Ryan, he bowed out and he left because Trump became president. He knew he was in for a fight then. But um, it wasn't, compare, just, it wasn't just Trump, though. It was, it was, it was because it was. It wasn't just Ryan either. It was Boehner before Ryan got ran out of town, and they got ran out of town because people like Matt Gates, people that said, "Wait, we got to stop." I mean, it, it, it didn't work, but now, like you said, they, that yeah, aircraft but the, they, carrier's they, turning, right? And now you've actually got bills, individual spending bills that were actually legislated. That was beautiful. It was, and, and that's the that's the aircraft carrier turning. I'm I'm giving exactly. you full credit for that. Yeah, and, and, yeah. and that that's the deal. But with with the Boehner Ryan uh, McCarthy situation, McCarthy's going soon too. It just didn't happen yet. They already said they wanted Hammer, who's a freaking dud. I don't know why they wanted Hammer, <laughs> the the whip. Or the majority no, leader, whatever. Not, well, I guess Scalise number because three. he, right? Yeah, Scalise is number two. Hammer's number. Hammer's number three. Scalise is going through another battle, right? The cancer. health battle. Yeah, blood cancer. Yeah. Um, all right, we're going to go to story one here real quick. Get this out of the way because this is another battleship turning uh, story. And man, I hope this one turns 180 degrees, and I hope people get get full punishment for this biblical punishment. OSHA head now says we did not demand that anyone be fired, and denied issuing a vaccine mandate for 84 million Americans. Those are all non-truths. This is by Jim Hoft from the Gateway Pundit, uh, a guy that should have 10 Pulitzer prizes, by the way. During a congressional hearing on Wednesday before the Subcommittee on Workforce Protections of the Committee on Education and the Workforce, Douglas L. Parker, 
the Assistant Secretary of the Occupational Safety and Health Administration, OSHA, faced tough questions from Representative Mary Miller, who you've never heard before from Illinois, and Kevin Kiley, who you've never heard from California, regarding the agency's controversial vaccine mandate. The mandate, which, thank Lord God Almighty, the Supreme Court struck down, would have affected 84 million Americans. Representative Miller opened her line of questioning by referring to OSHA's emergency temporary standard released in November 2021. The rule would have required businesses with 100 or more employees to mandate COVID-19 vaccinations or regular testing for their workforce. OSHA's vaccination and testing ETS refers to the OSHA emergency temporary standard aimed at protecting unvaccinated employees of large employers, 100 or more, from the risk of COVID-19 transmission in the workplace. The ETS requires covered employer employers to implement a mandatory COVID-19 vaccination policy unless they allow employees to choose between vaccinations or regular COVID-19 testing along with the use of face coverings at work. It also mandates employers to determine the vaccination status of each employee, provide time for vaccination, conduct weekly COVID-19 testing for unvaccinated employees, enforce the use of face coverings indoors, report COVID-19 fatalities and hospitalizations to OSHA, and make records available for inspection. Miller questioned whether OSHA had the authority to enforce such a sweeping mandate, Parker responded by stating that the Supreme Court had already ruled on the matter, effectively ending the mandate. Miller retorted, Thank God the Supreme Court ruled on that and stopped you from doing that. You're an unelected bureaucrat, and you do not have the power to force 84 million people to take an experimental vaccine or show their papers. You tried to fire 84 million American workers, but do you believe the court was wrong? Miller also brought up a statement Parker made to Reuters after the Supreme Court ruling in which he said the decision was unfortunate but wouldn't stop OSHA from encouraging employers to take adaptive measures. Miller accused Parker and OSHA of continuing to pressure companies to enforce a vaccine mandate despite the court's decision. Parker denied the allegation, stating that's categorically untrue. We didn't threaten anyone. We didn't demand that anyone be fired. You absolutely were promoting that. The Supreme Court stopped you. Thank God. And in light of considering what would have happened if Americans refused to comply, what was your plan? Asked Miller. Representative Mary Miller concluded her questioning by announcing her intention to introduce amendments to strip OSHA of its power and funding. I'd just like to say you are inept. <laughs> it would have terrorized our economy if the American refu- or American workers refused to comply, and it would have put 84 million American workers out of work. I'm going to introduce amendments to strip you of your power and funding to protect the 84 million Americans who do not want to show their vaccine papers and to protect farmers who feed Americans, Mr. Chairman. OSHA needs to be reined in. They've gone far beyond their minor 
limited mission, Miller said. Representative Kevin Kiley pressed Parker further, asking what would have happened to employees who did not comply with the rule. Parker's response was vague, stating that it was up to the employer and that the rule didn't describe any remedies. Kiley criticized Parker and other administration officials for what he described as attempts to rewrite history, citing previous testimonies from the Secretary of Education and the Secretary of Health and Human Services that were misleading or false. Mr. Parker, you're one of a number now of officials in this administration who has come before this committee and tried to tell us that two plus two does not equal four, said Kylie. Has there been some sort of memo going around? Why is this administration insistent on rewriting history? Parker argued that the rule his agency promulgated was not strictly a vaccine mandate. According to him, the rule provided an alternative for employees who did not wish to get vaccinated. They could opt for regular COVID-19 testing instead. Quote, all you have to do is read the rule. You will see that it's not a vaccine mandate. It gives employees the option of testing in lieu of a vaccine mandate, Parker said. Yeah. What, what else was in that? Me, it, it reminds me of an old Fritos commercial. Remember the old Fritos commercial when we were kids with the Good Samaritan? It was like it was animated. And one of the lines was, string them up. It'll teach them a lesson. Is that with the, with the Bandito? Yeah, Fredo Bandito. Yep. Yeah. String That's who up. I remember. It'll teach them a lesson. I didn't know they were doing political messaging back then. Yeah, of course Smack they were. <laughs> Oh, man. Ladies and gentlemen, I I love Fritos corn chips. I love them. I do. I take Fritos corn chips. I take them from you. What have I done? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, my mind's ruined, man. That 1970s television and 60s television. It's on YouTube. You can see it. You can find it. Classic commercials. (laughs) That That was a classic one, too. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, your weekly jihad report, 23 jihad attacks, 76 killed, 54 injured, zero Allah Akbar's or suicide blasts, all this occurring in 11 countries. The weekly jihad report, atrocity of the week, a suicide bombing and another blast have ripped through two mosques in Pakistan killing at least 57 people and injuring dozens more at events marking the birthday of the Prophet Muhammad, local officials say. The first, bla- the first blast happened at a religious gathering in Mastun, a district in Balakistan province, where hundreds had gathered on Friday to celebrate the birthday of Islam's Prophet Muhammad, which is a public holiday. Health officials say at least 52 people have been killed and another 50 were injured. The second blast in the neighboring Khyber Pashtunka province killed five people. It collapsed the roof of a mosque, local broadcaster Geo News said, trapping about 30 to 40 people under the rubble. 
Other recent misunderstandings of Islam on the 29th in Pakistan, a suicide bomber goes off. (laughs) A suicide bomber goes off. Nice. At a Shiite religious procession taking nearly 60 others with him. On the 28th in Ilhan Omar, Somalia, Islamic extremists set off a car bomb near a meat market, killing six, including women. And on the 26th in Somalia, Al-Shabaab militants abduct and murder the brother of a local official. Keith Ellison is probably in mourning. On the 23rd in Nigeria, 10 farmers are murdered in their field by Boko Haram. The 23rd, back to Somalia. A Fedayeen suicide truck bomber takes over a dozen souls with him. And finally, on the 21st in Mali, Islamists send mortars into the historic city, killing two. The religion of peace, ladies and gentlemen, one body at a time. Allahu Akbar, Allah. gentlemen if you're tuning in for the first time uh this is a segment this is the longest segment in two shows this segment actually started on steel city resistance in the first uh couple episodes i don't remember exactly when but it it wasn't very long until we started incorporating this and it just uh, there's a website the religionofpeace.com that documents this, and there's it's never zero, man, never. For every other religion, it's zero. There's times of zero, lots of times, but not in Islam. Every freaking week we have material. It's unbelievable. It's time for winners and losers. Jack, you're up, sir. Yeah, this week I've got uh, from the same pool of people are my winners and losers. <clears throat> My winners this week are what I like to call the House GOP Freedom Frontline folks because what we saw from Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday was almost brought a tear to my eye because that's exactly what we've been talking about on this show and many people listening and I would say a majority of folks that has been disgusted with what's been going on in D.C., for decades, finally, we see them doing their work. Discount the fact that they're saying, oh, we're working 18 hours. That's on their their fault because they're working 18 hours. Because if they started this work January yep. of this year, this would have been done, right? All of their vacations, their spring breaks, all of that stuff, there would be, it would be no crisis. There would be no looming shutdown. What they've done, and, and, and it highlights how pitiful their argument is for the shutdown, right? We can't possibly do all of this stuff. Look what they just did. Last night, I was watching on there on C-SPAN, watching, or yesterday, watching amendments being posted up there. House of Representatives putting up uh, amendments Letting putting their views out there, letting it be debated, and then putting it on the floor to vote is up or down. 
Uh, some of the things I would like to have seen passed failed. Some of the things that I would like to see passed passed. That's the way it works, folks. That's the way every single thing is supposed to work. And they, I think, out of the four uh, proposed appropriation bills, I think three passed. One didn't. It was a farm deal, and farm they got to work, rework some things, which is fine. That's called doing their job. The reason why it's a crisis is because of McCarthy and the way that they've been doing this for 20, 30 plus years. Since 1997. They reduces it. They reduce it down to a limited amount of period and then be able to have the media sit there and say, oh, my gosh, your job's at risk. You're not going to get paid and all this. Screw that, right? Get back to the way it was supposed to be done. To me, if you're in the House of Representatives and by spring break, you haven't passed your uh, 12 appropriations bills. That's like four months, right? Uh, January, April. Yeah, then they don't get to go on their vacation. They sit there and they work. If you're in your job and you've got a deadline and you haven't produced the product that your job has requested from you, are you going to get to go on vacation? So who's the the winner? I guess that was the winner. The winner um, is all me, those people the in the house. Because I want to play, I want to play a clip that's directly related to what you're talking about. All right. So who's my, the other side? My loser is the GOP establishment, McCarthy oh. and his cronies. We okay. saw them, and and the coolest part, if you look, they passed the Department of Defense budget minus any money for Ukraine. They had a separate bill that was passed outside of the Department of Defense budget that authorized 500 or 300 million to Ukraine, a supplement. But you've got those GOP representatives' names on that boat. Yes, I do. Let's listen to Matt Gates talk about that, articulate exactly uh, what Jack's saying in almost every facet of it. But we have to keep our eye on the prize. I want our troops to get their paychecks. I want our veterans to get their benefits. I want to make sure our Customs and Border Patrol and ICE get paid. And so I am calling on the United States Senate to immediately take up our bills on our troops, on our veterans, on our Border Patrol. And, of course, the Senate is controlled by Democrats, so they'll have different views. But in divided government, we ought to be going to conference this weekend to iron out those differences so that the core functions of government are funded. I'll leave the politics and the and the silly games to another day. What would it take for you to support any kind of continuing resolution at this point? Oh, I'm not voting for a continuing resolution because since the 90s, our government has been funded by either a continuing resolution or an omnibus spending bill. I believe that our federal government ought to operate like most of our state governments, where a top-line balanced budget number is set, and then each of the agencies are funded individually. You see, for the last 72 hours, we've done more actual legislating in Congress than we've done for the last eight months, because the, the programs 
that the taxpayers are funding get subjected to individual review and scrutiny. For example, one of my amendments passed last night to make sure that our State Department isn't funding the Paris Climate Accord. That's something that a lot of Republicans care about so that we don't see those higher gas prices that your economic analysts just cited in the last segment. And there's still plenty of appropriations bills, though, that, that need to be passed. What does McCarthy need to do to get all GOP members on board? Uh, well, uh, we saw some moderates actually break and vote against our agriculture appropriations bill last night. The conservatives in the House Republican caucus voted uh, typically with me to advance our spending legislation to fund the government. We had a few Republican moderates uh, that, that, that didn't quite see it that way on the agriculture appropriations bill. But I'm not deterred. I think that we need to roll up our sleeves, work 18-hour days if necessary, work over the weekend. You know, last week, like McCarthy sent everybody home at 3 o'clock on a Thursday and didn't reconvene until did noon do, on Tuesday. Right, we can't, we can't do keep that? doing that. Why, why did he do that, do you think? I, I think that there is a desire among people in power to try to back everything up against the fear of a shutdown. That way power is centralized, and then the lobbyists and the PACs and the special interests who donate to those leaders are able to have an outsized influence. I'm the only Republican in Congress who doesn't take any lobbyist money or any PAC money, but that's really why we have been governed this way for multiple decades, because the leaders want to make sure that there's not that type of programmatic review that could put downward pressure on spending. What does a partial government shutdown look like? What can people watching at home expect? Who cares? That's a great question. If we got our uh, military, our border patrol, our veterans, and then if we were able to solve some of our agriculture uh, disagreements and get that funded, that would be 73% of the discretionary budget of the United States government. So a partial shutdown, while certainly not optimal, wouldn't result in national security challenges or delay in benefits to our veterans. But, you know, we 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 really want to get this resolved before any American would miss a paycheck. That would come about halfway through October. Uh, we don't want anyone to miss a paycheck. But at the same time, you know, we're, we're sitting atop a $33 trillion debt running $2.2 trillion annual deficits. That will lead to the collapse of the dollar and the financial ruin of the country if we don't get back some fiscal sanity. And I think that we've really advanced toward that objective with our fun, our funding of the appropriations bills and our passage of those bills last evening. You, you spoke about uh, no Americans missing a paycheck. You yourself have requested that your pay be withheld until the government is funded. What compelled you to do that? Well, I've done that for every shutdown. I represent a very heavily military district. And so if the service members in my community are having to endure cash flow challenges because they aren't getting their paycheck, I just don't think it would be right for me to receive a paycheck. We have to do our job. We have to get this done. And you know what? In the future, let's start sooner. Let's actually do single-subject government funding bills so we're not in the final days or final hours up against a shutdown having to rush and cram to get work done. There is a better way to do this. In our state governments, we do it that better way. Washington has been off track, and there may be some bumps and some turbulence ahead. We're going to try to mitigate those, remediate them, and get forward with the core functions of government, our defense, our veterans, our border. All right, Congressman Gates, Matt Gates, thanks for joining us this morning here on the next. So I don't normally do that, Jack, but it just seemed appropriate because I. It, it, <laughs> yeah, he, he's very good at that. I mean, and and I. He, he completely echoes it. And the thing that, that comes to mind is they always talk about, oh, it's a crisis. Baba. No, if it's if if the budget and the money for these 
agencies, right? But they don't even touch on the essential, non-essential, because you got to break that down. Essential government, they're getting paid no matter what. They're, they're going to be working. It's, it's a prioritization. The government takes it's in a scare tactic $5 trillion the, dollars in taxes every year. Well, in recent years, takes in $5 scare, trillions yeah. in taxes. So there's money to pay every bill, including the interest. The problem is, is these drunken lobbyist-fueled fools spend $7 trillion. It's like no, no other sane place would have this argument. But it's like, the, no, the reason you, why don't get the to reason, pay, you don't get to pay that much. You don't get to spend that much. The only way the you reason, can spend that much is an omnibus. Right. And that's the key. The reason or the way that they've been able to avoid scrutiny and the you know, the, the monocle and to investigate and line by line and check out what this money is going to is because they eliminated the, the whole budget exactly. uh, process. Since, and they've turned it into a two-week scare the shit out of a United States yeah. saying, we're going to shut down the government and it's going to be the end of the world. Yeah. And it's worked so far. But we just read the, the Sundance article where the the people, when they question their elected or the people in the government, and they know more than those people in the government know, now we're at the turning point, right? You're right. You're absolutely right. All right I got to move on here. My winner, conservative entrepreneur Seth Weathers, a beer, near and dear to my heart, beer, featuring former President Donald Trump's mugshot, is on track to become the most sought-after collector beer can in American history, according to the brand's founder. Ultra-right beer, a brand created after Bud Light's Dylan Mulvaney fiasco, was the brainchild of conservative entrepreneur Seth Weathers. After Trump's arrest, the company released Conservative Dad's Revenge special edition cans. According to a report from Fox Business, the company raked in half a million dollars in 12 hours after it released a special edition can that featured the historic mugshot of former President Trump. Weathers told Fox Business that the sales were the equivalent of five tractor trailer loads of cans. Weathers said this puts the beer on track to become the most sought-after collector beer can in American history. And this touches a nerve. Because my local beer it used to be here. It's not anymore, but the beer is still here, but it's not made in Pittsburgh anymore. Iron City beer was big on special cans, on, on, on memorable memorabilia-type cans with Roberto Clemente and things like that. I've got a bunch well, of Well, that still. used to be the, the ballpark beer for the Pirates, wasn't it? It, it was. It was. You can still get it, I think. I haven't been to a game in a while. but uh, Yeah, but it's made in Latrobe now, and the Chicago mob came and busted it out, basically. Is what I asked Kathy about that. I said, have, have you gone out there and you've seen this, you know, it's an ultra right thing, and she looked. You have to, you can get it, but you got to go online to get it. Ultra right beer. Um, I figured that because I want one now, for for the for the wall. <laughs> the mug shot beer can. So that's cool. Sorry. All right. So my loser is CNN's Anderson Cooper, homosexual CNN host Anderson Pooper refuses to answer questions about CIA Operation 
Mockingbird. And did you know that he was involved in that? Uh, this is kind of interesting. Check it out. This is a, a new media uh, reporter that's uh, tracking him down. It's pretty interesting. Hey Anderson, how you doing? Luke Kudowski of WRC. I can't do it. I just really quickly just wanted. Amazing to meet you. Just wanted to know what you think of German reporter Off Ote, who said the CIA bribed him and extorted him to publish news stories. Have you ever heard of uh, Operation Mockingbird, Anderson? Operation Mockingbird, Mr. Anderson. It's a very serious question, um, Mr. Anderson. Do you have any comment on your knowledge of Operation Mockingbird? I'm sorry. So, Anderson, what influence do you think the CIA has when it comes to mainstream media? Dude, you're being ridiculous. I mean, it's time. I mean, it's hey, time to ask really the hard question because there is a Western pro-government slant when it comes to mainstream media. We see that when we see coverage of Putin and Assad, but not coverage of the human rights violations in Saudi Arabia. Have you ever heard of Operation Mockingbird? Operation Mockingbird. Have you ever heard of the? declassified CIA program to manipulate the news and mainstream media. Anderson Scary. Cooper has three security guards all around him now, Big making sure too. people can't engage in a conversation when it comes to very important matters, like the manipulation of our news by government officials. Are you signing about this because of your CIA past, Anderson? Is it because you were uh, in the CIA during college, Anderson? Can we get just one statement from you? <laughs> we just made Anderson Cooper hide in his car because uh, he couldn't face questions about really important issues like him training to be a CIA officer when he was in college. And as we know, under Operation Mockingbird, CIA officials have infiltrated the mainstream media in the 60s. There's a German journalist, a very prominent one, Udolfsoff, and he came out just a few months ago, and he said the CIA is still continuing this program, openly manipulating, openly writing the scripts for the mainstream media, as we see by their biased coverage. They're just another branch of the government, another mouthpiece of propaganda, and they can't even face up to real questions when asked eye-to-eye, -eye, man to man and they just run around their private security guards and hide in their cars. Anderson Cooper has eight security guards here. Now, I mean, you look at this, and, and I want to apply, because our audience is awesome. And I couldn't sit up here and lie to these people if, if I wanted to, Jack, because they turned me off. And I'll tell you, Sundance's monologue, his, his essay, his revelation applies even more to the idiots in the CIA media than the politicians. Anderson Cooper's a fool. He pulled a Mitch McConnell. He did. But instead of instead of Elaine Chow to fight his fight, he had eight security guards, which begs to question, why does a low-rated network news guy need eight security guys right. around him? That makes $12 million a year, of which $10 million is provided by the drug cartel, Pfizer. Big Pharma. It's a drug cartel. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's the same as the Sinaloa cartel. Same thing. I'm done with it. I'm done with all this. They're, they're, you looked at Andrea Mitchell. 
She's like 90 years old. Doesn't know. I mean, you, you can tell that the questions are being read off an of index card or off an of iPhone, whatever. It's who she's married to, right? Yeah, the, the freaking Greenspan. Alan Greenspan. Yeah. That's why Fed, there's so I mean, many. Uh, what was he? The Fed, the Fed chairman yeah. in charge of the Federal yeah. Reserve. For like yeah. 500 years. You know? I mean, all right, so I, I got to... I got to throw a little water on your on your uh, enthusiasm. American taxpayers will provide an additional three hundred million dollars for Ukraine's war effort if a bill pay, passed late uh, Thursday night by the House becomes law. The bill passed three hundred and eleven to one seventeen after Speaker McCarthy stripped the funding from a Pentagon spending bill in favor of a standalone vote. Now the water is the $826 billion Pentagon spending bill also passed Thursday after the Ukraine aid was removed. Ukraine's going to get their money. we got to do this in increments. So The interesting thing about that standalone vote that came out. I need. I mean, I need to see how the dust settles on that. But one of the ori- original things I read this morning was that that standalone vote funding for three hundred million to Ukraine passed with a minority, right, 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 of right. GOP votes, which supposedly triggers a deal where they cannot bring that up right. again. Right. And so that was something I don't even know if I have a story on that. Um, but you know what I'm saying? I saw no, that. No, I, I, I do. But I, I, we need to we need to expand on that a little bit. I'm just looking to see uh, if I got this. Uh, According to the House rules. The important place. part of that, though, is that previously, <clears throat> you know, the, the, the Republican Party has a majority, a very slim majority of the house previously warmongers were the majority of the majority now warmongers are the minority of the majority which is a huge development that's a really big development and i think that's what you're trying to say right yeah or are saying that's trying to say you are saying that you know that, that that's a big deal that's a good deal. In addition to identifying, because it's standalone, are the Ukraine funders from the GOP House, you know their names. And that, that was the only thing they were voting on. Yeah. They can't say it was, well, if I had to do that, I had to swallow my tongue because for the greater good, I passed this omnibus. That ain't happening, right? No. This was a standalone vote, and that's exactly what they voted for. Yeah, you're freaking warmongers, and that's the end of it. Yeah. You know, that, that's absolutely, you know what? Here, I got something on that, as a matter of fact. GOP controlled house approves security assistance to Ukraine. Here are the Republicans, including McCarthy, who voted with the Democrats. And there's too many of them for me to list here. So, but guess what? Go to coldwarradio.net. And you go to the post right before this show, and they're listed right there. And some of your heroes are on there. I'm just saying. You got to go check. 
Uh, you got Daryl Isa's on there, and there's a bunch of other ones uh, that you wouldn't have thought would have been on there. But, again, they're not as smart as you are, folks. They'll never forget that. That's a really important tenet going forward in this battle. And it also, yeah, and it also highlights why we need to go through the budget process, 12 appropriations bills, so you can sit there and have these discussions and have the votes on these issues, not in one fell swoop where they say that, you know, you twisted my arm, either I do it or, you know, I got a mission. I got a a mission for the audience. Go to the website, see if you, because your local congressman, the, the, the guy that's representing you in the district that you live in, if he's a Republican, Go to the website, see if he's on there, and if he is, do what Sundance said. Send him an email, because you're the only person, that can, the only group of people. These people are so corrupt that I can't, I can't email a congressman from California. He won't take my email. It has to be from somebody in the constituency, in case you guys didn't notice that. It's been like that for a long time. You could send a letter, but he doesn't care if you don't vote for him. Contact your local congressman and ask him why he's a warmonger. Ask him why he wants more war. That would be effective. Man, do that. Uh, At least um, we have some very intelligent people in the Democrat Party that are paying attention uh, to the border. Brilliance. I mean, uh, no this doubt is... about it. Uh, our, our border is secure, and we're in the midst of a humanitarian crisis, and we have to fix a broken system. Wait, and we also sec- you think it is secure? You think Ariana Presley, secure? squad member, communist from uh, I believe wherever she's from. that we are in the midst of a humanitarian crisis, and there needs to be federal investment to support those migrant families. And I work with a number of those community-based organizations. All right. All right. Hold up. I, I got I to gotta say this. I hope everybody realizes that everything that's going on right now is being directed by the World Economic Forum. Everything that's happening, including this invasion, especially this invasion, is being dictated by the World Economic Forum. They have taken up residence in all of our bases in Panama, uh, Fort Clayton, and they are directing the flow of this humanity into our country, and the Biden-Obama administration is paying each one of these third-world freaking peasants and military members from Venezuela and China over $2,000 a month to bankrupt our country. Because once we're bankrupt, the World Economic Forum can have their way with us. So listen to Ariana Presley, how many times she says federal aid, federal aid, federal aid on the ground and they need more support they need more federal support this is a humanitarian crisis and it's the consequence of a number of long-standing uh broken policies uh that um you know are very consequential for asylum seekers uh, tps holders and daca recipients uh, writ large but that is a conversation for another day sure i i don't i don't disagree with with you, this being a humanitarian crisis at all but just to get some clarity on this and and no, sure you're conversation stupid. for another day but do you think that the border is secure? I just—is that what you said? 
Yes, the border is secure. And we're in the midst of a humanitarian crisis that has been created by a broken system. And in the meantime, uh, we need federal investment to support uh, federal investment. my constituents and those who call the MA7 home writ large, which is why we need to prevent a government shutdown. Um, I want to center the humanity, uh, the dignity, the safety, and the needs of everyone, which is why we should not have a government shutdown. It will be <laughs> deeply consequential. It will create a dire situation for families, um, many that are already struggling. But if you have millions of undocumented migrants coming into the country, how is the border secure? Jake, this is not a new crisis. Um, it does require uh, more political will and, uh, and commitment. Uh, it is a humanitarian crisis. We should treat it as such. And again, representing one of the most uh, diverse uh, constituencies in the country. And in fact, I chair the House Haiti Caucus. I represent the third largest Haitian diaspora uh, in the country. And what I see on the ground is uh, community-based organizations uh, and municipalities who, who need federal support. I'm not disagreeing with anything you're saying except for the idea that the border is secure. I mean, if you have people crossing the border, it's just by definition not secure. If you have people coming to the United States, in fact, I mean, one of the arguments being made, and I think it's an argument worth considering, is that because our border is so porous, millions of people make this very unsafe journey. Millions of people give money to people who prey on them, coyotes, and take them on these journeys to cross into the United States, preying on them, vulnerable people. And that's because the border is not secure. Because it is not secure, they go on this journey. And one of the arguments that is made, and maybe you disagree with it, is that the border should be secure so as to discourage people from making this journey. Um, so that if people want to try to come to the United States and declare asylum and seek asylum, they go through the proper corridors uh, and not just try to cross illegally. I, but it just seems like just such a, a refusal to acknowledge reality just to say that the border is secure when we all know millions of people are crossing the border illegally every year. Jake, and, and that is a consequence of a, a number of things. Um, we have uh, climate refugees, people that have been by extreme weather events. Sure. We have people that are sure. violence and corruption. 100%. Uh, and so we just have to acknowledge why someone would leave. Frostbites um, over here, sunburn over there, light up. And their family and risk so much. It is 100%. because they are impaired. 100%. And yeah. asylum is a human right. And so we Asylum must do better. Like, get off my show. Get opinion. off my getaway. Jake Tapper, he, Sundance talked about him. He's stupid. This you know what, you know what kills me? It kills me when I watch this guy. And he, he you know, he, re, he talks to people different. He's terrified of this bald-headed black woman. He won't say, yeah. well, I just wanted to say, you know, it took him like three minutes. To say, what do you mean the border's secure? I feel I mean, you. in the background, we're you. showing film of thousands you. of people I feel going you. through the border. I feel you. It's like, uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, besides the fact that you don't admit that there's a problem at the border, I, everything else, you're capiche. You know, <laughs> fist bumping you. Uh, uh, Massachusetts, 
MA7. 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 Hey, folks, there needs to be a few buses unloaded into Damn right. Presley's district. English needs to be like the second elective that you choose. It needs to be Spanish first. And I messed her name up. It's not Ariana. It's Ayana. 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 Right? Yeah. Yes. General Mark Milley stepped down today as the top U.S. military dud with a parting swipe at his former boss, Donald Trump. I've never seen anything like this, Jack. This is Good uh, I spent a lot of time in the Army, and this, this just, this is the biggest um, revelation of how bad things are to me in this whole deal is Mark Milley. Mark Milley should be, I'm not even going to say it, Anybody who's a veteran knows what should happen. Anybody who lived in fear, or not maybe not fear, but reverence of our standing as military officers uh, knows what should happen to Mark Milley. Uh, he said that no soldier ever swore an oath to serve a wannabe dictator. Donald Trump was elected with more votes than anybody ever had. The stunning rebuke from Milley on his last day as chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff of the woke uh, group that is going to take this country over illustrated the way the U.S. military has been dragged into the increasingly volatile political arena since the Trump era. It's way before the Trump era. Come on now. See, these journalists aren't as smart as you. They're not. This didn't start in the Trump era. Bill Clinton had don't ask, don't. I mean, this has been going on for a long time. And yet the geniuses that write this thing want to take it back to the Trump era. No, you're not as smart as we are. At an elaborate military ceremony for his departure, attended by Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin and President Joe Biden, Milley did not name Trump, but there was no doubt about the target of his barb. Uh that guy, I swear, him getting, I, I, I think that effort should be made upon ascension of Americans into our American government. When we retake our own government, he should be hunted down and live in poverty or prison the rest of his life, Jack. Keep a, keep a, keep a, keep a wide awake eye on where Millie lands, <laughs> is what I'm saying. Indeed. Where do you think he's going to land? I think he's going to land in the complex. I think higher than the military-industrial complex. I think he's going to probably, although he might he might go there, but he's like a little higher than that. Uh, he might. He's not. He's he not going to be, be, be on the, TV. He might be Xi Jinping's replacement. Oh, he's he's got buddies in China. I know he does. I know he does. Right now, there's Let's money watch. to be made, right? Yep, there is. Let's watch. Maybe he'll be the Taiwanese, uh, I don't know, operational, the combatant commander for the PLA. Who knows? They'll be in charge of drone technology or something, right? The Pokemon drone guru of China, Maybe. General Mark Milley. PT tests not required. Yeah, PT tests not required. Story two. All right. Like that's why I'm 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 going there. I was figuring there's a little pause. It sounded like maybe I forgot. I was just all right. My bad. 
I, I just, I, I didn't, you know, get there. Hey, gotcha. Biden once again calls MAGA threat to democracy in latest speech by Luis Miguel. Um, if you can't debate, debate them, demonize them. That's the strategy the Biden team is implementing with increased force, as evidenced by his speech in Tempe, Arizona, Thursday, during which Joe Biden once more lashed out at the pro-Trump MAGA movement, deriding it as a threat to democracy. Speaking at the Tempe Center for the Arts in an event honoring the late Senator John McCain, a Republican critic of Donald Trump, Biden asserted per Reuters that there was something dangerous happening in America. And I can't I can't do a Biden deal, so that this is just me saying it. There is an extremist movement that does not share the basic beliefs of our democracy. The MAGA movement, Biden added. He went on to declare, I believe strongly that the defining feature of our democracy is our con- constitution. I don't think that's the first. Is that the first <laughs> time he ever said that word? He probably said I don't it. know. Yeah, he probably did it just like I did. Uh, I believe in free and fair elections <laughs> and the peaceful transfer of power. And I got new shoes on. It keeps me standing up. I can't slip. NBC News further reported. All of us are being asked right now. What will we do to maintain our democracy? Biden said. Will we put partisanship aside? Put country first? I say we must. And we will. Biden has avoided mentioning Trump's legal woes directly, lest he be seen as trying to influence the criminal prosecution of a political rival. But his his warning cry about democracy's fragile state is an unmistakable reference to Trump. It comes amid concerns about whether the MAGA supporters, those who have turned Trump's campaign slogan into a pol- political identity, would peacefully accept another defeat in the next election. I can't imagine where you pulled this article from, but I I can imagine. Biden's talking point describing MAGA Republicans as dangerous and threats to democracy is not new. Last year, he called the MAGA crowd. I think that was the dark Brandon speech, right? Yeah. The most extreme political organization that has existed in American history. That rhetoric rhetoric has been echoed far and wide by Democrats and leftists in the media. Oh, go figure. Yeah, it's surprising. The media has just jumped on that. CIA. And just one, yeah, and just one example of this narrative, Fox News's Juan Williams wrote at the Hill, is he still viable? That the modern GOP is a cult based on kowtowing to Trump's delusion that the election was stolen, he went on to suggest that the country is close to civil war. 
Others are using terms such as authoritarianism and insurrection to paint Trump supporters in terrifying terms. Yeah, Trump supporters are like uh, looting stores, causing oh, yeah. uh, major retailers to flee uh, cities. It's just lighting. It's crazy. It's crazy, Hutch. Oh, I hate yeah. to admit it. It's crazy. It is. Um, a Vox t- article titled "Call It Authoritarianism" claims Republicans' election reform efforts are about rigging elections in their favor to create a one-party system similar to, get this, Venezuela's. Man, what, what, who's, Alinsky accused those of what you are doing, right? Accuse your opposition of what you are actually doing. Representative Nancy Pelosi likewise has characterized election integrity legislation as a legislative continuation of what they did on January 6th, which was to undermine our democracy, undermine the integrity of our elections, as I'm tearing up the State of the Union address, they're undermining the voting power, which is the essence of our democracy. Now, remember, ladies and gentlemen, uh, especially when you're contacting your local representative, that the United States of America is not governed by a democracy. I, I, I could run a term and, and see how many times democracy was quoted in that thing, but democracy is not what we have here. Democracy is mob rule. That's all it is. Uh, and, and the funny part is, um, well, forget about it. An op-ed at the Courier-Journal states two Kentucky historians agree the GOP is steering the U.S. straight toward authoritarianism. Fair Planet published study U.S. Republican Party is embracing authoritarianism in which the authors say the GOP is guilty of a total disregard of democratic norms, including of accepting political violence. This is from, from the Democrats are saying this. Over at the Bulwark, Benjamin Parker writes of the GOP's telltale signs of authoritarianism as they try to lock up the GOP uh, candidate for president. You know who's in charge of the bulwark? No idea. Crystal. William Crystal. There you go. Of communist Republican, former Republican. Making the case that the GOP has become a cult of Trump, Parker writes the Republican Party. All right, you know what? I'm not reading any more of this. Let, Let me tell you what this is about. All right, Bill Crystal and his ilk are warmongers who make millions of dollars off of sending your sons and daughters to be killed in wars and other things, not just that. But I, I've had it with this, man. This this is, uh, you want to demonize MAGA, good. But you know what? At the end of the day, there's more of us than there are of you. And the only reason that you have so many in your camp is because they are being dumbed down by this media. I think it might be valuable. Maybe we take our energy, Jack, and the energy of our entire movement, and for, I don't know, six months maybe, maybe we shift it away from Joe Biden and the Democrats and aim it 
at CNN, ABC, NBC, CBS, and Fox News. Maybe we should aim it at them. Maybe we should start getting them indicted. Because you talk about high crimes and misdemeanors. You talk about treason. This entire media operation should be shut down on a RICO trial. And I mean that. And and until we do that, the stupid, lazy people in this country that have too much food are not going to know the truth. But this is the uniparty in action because the the bulwark, if I remember, remember correctly, was when they dissolved Bill Crystal and them. They had a national review or something. They used to do freaking the weekly boat cruise, weekly standard boat cruises. Yep. Go meet these guys, uh, Krauthammer, yep. um, another one, and uh, Crystal. And it was like that was when everything was fine. There was and, and, and let me let me remind people: Mark Levin used to be on these cruises. Don't think that Mark Levin's your friend. He is arguing huge for Ukraine money indeed, indeed. right now. I mean, it, show, it shows you who they are. We saw uh, Maria Bartolomo get her ass handed to her by Matt Gates when she was. Was that not? That was religion. That was. That yes. interview was religion. That was like, that should be the intro to the show. That was so good. Matt Gates, God bless you, man. And, I, and I'll tell you. You pissed me off at the beginning of your term when, when you told Kellyanne Conway when you called her a boomer because she didn't want to legalize marijuana. That pissed me off because I'm but, a boomer. You know, we, <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? And I don't want to legalize marijuana. Let it the way it is. Let it just be illegal, and I'll be a criminal. Hey, the, hey the, where he's fighting right now is exactly where we need. I him. agree with you, one hundred percent. No, uh, he, I, I'm my mind. I'm not a Democrat. I mean, my mind is able to be changed. You can sway me, for sure. I'm not that dumb. I'm not. I'm not. I mean, now I have some convictions that you can't. And by the way, let you, me say this: four one two two zero six six two zero eight. If you want to call, oh. you get in there. Uh, the phone line is all open, yeah, it, folks. It's open. I, I want to. This is a good thing. Go ahead. Go ahead. What do you got? Yeah, I was just going to say that, that right now we're in that aspect where the the whole a scheme that's been going on in D.C. that's had people uh, put to sleep to the point where they could go for thirty years yeah. passing omnibus BS budgets and in tune with the media and they could sit there and do cruises and sit there and do the faux fights while they're all getting what they want for their donors in dc that's done right now we our foot is firmly in we're never going back to 2014 it's never going to happen again it's over it's never going to happen again uh and 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 what, what he was you know what you know what's bad too I literally, honest to God, contemplated going on one of them cruises. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I swear I did. I was going to do it. Well, at a certain point, you're. I mean, when you were in there, you're like, hey, you know, this is the I side really I'm yeah. on. I'm, I'm gonna. I need, you know, they're successful, so I'm gonna sit there and help them. That we're fighting the evil, and the evil was the other side. Yeah. Now yeah. we know the evil 100%. is all both of them. And uh, we need to eliminate both of them and get some uh, reasonable and actual patriotic 
we want people to serve that actually don't really want to be there, that they'll go up there and they'll do two years or six years and they'll go home and be successful. That's it. That's what we want to get back to, right? Let's get back to America first. You know, when you hear the president of the United States and the Communist Party in the media and in Congress say that MAGA is wrong, just think about that all by itself. Make America great again. They're against that. Right. Think about that. They're demonizing that. They're locking people up for it. You have folks up there wearing a China flag on their lapel pin. Yeah. Without a United States flag. Right. This is this is this is freaking it's they're going to cut the show off soon because I'm getting ready to say something. Wake stuff. up, Paul. It is. It is. Let's listen um, to uh, we, we talk about the GOP and the. Well, let me go down here real quick because I just want to get the number. 18 House Republicans. No, that's not it. That's not it. Um. You saw uh, a bunch of senators. I don't have the I blew this. I don't have the numbers, but there was a bunch of United States senators in the Republican Party that also voted for Ukrainian war money. Tom Cotton was one of them. I mean, John Kennedy that everybody loves, who's the biggest fraud in the Senate, voted for it. Uh, And I know people get mad at me because, you know, they like the comic relief. I do, too. But he's a fraud. That's the the bottom line. John Senator John Kennedy from Louisiana is a warmongering fraud. And if you can't figure that out, then I don't know. Maybe it's time to take up knitting. I'm not sure. But listen to Tim Scott, presidential candidate from South Carolina from the Senate, you know, Next to Lindsey Graham, uh, this is this is absolutely disgusting. At the debate, listen to listen to this. I don't know about you. I hang out with normal people. I don't hang out with political people or media people when I'm not on the air. I hang out with normal people. I've not had a single conversation, not one, about Russia, Ukraine. It never comes up ever. People will talk border and taxes and scandals and this and that. Russia, Ukraine never comes up. Yet these Republicans. They can't help themselves. And 90% of the resources that we send over to Ukraine is guaranteed. It's a loan. It is not. 90% of the money that we send over there is loan. Well, we can talk about this, but at the end of the day, 90% of the money that we send over there is actually We're in the form of loan. It's not actually not be paid by Ukraine. It's paid by the NATO, our NATO allies. He got stuck on a, a loop of a talking point, didn't he? It's a loan. No, it's okay. <laughs> it's just a loan. Well, we're not going to get paid back. Well, it's fine. It's, it's all fine. <laughs> I mean. I filled that dead space perfectly, didn't I? You did. That was, that was beautiful. That was, that was some that, professional radio shit He got stuck right at there. a talking point. That, that was, was like crazy. I know. It was a loan. It was a loan. This it was a loan. Who's going to pay it back? Yeah. When Russia so destroys the entire country, who's going to pay? NATO? <laughs> All right. Yeah, exactly. Uh, who's paying that back? 
He said NATO's going to pay that. I what, know he did. What, what did Trump do his whole entire term with NATO? Fucking brought them. Excuse my, excuse my <laughs> F-bomb. But he brought them back to the table and said, you need yeah. to pay your uh, committed to amount or we're going to end this. Yeah. He should have just ended it. I agree. I agree. Why do we have NATO? It's unbelievable. Right. Unnecessary. It really is. And unnecessary. All right. So I, I'm going to start the, uh, let me just uh, run it, run it, uh, paraphrase it. Um, Congress snubbed Joe Biden's anti-Second Amendment scheme. I don't, I don't know if you guys knew it, but uh, the communists in the Obama administration uh, wanted to eliminate all funding for any school that had a hunting or archery uh, program, teaching kids how to do both. And by a 400, this is, I don't know why this happened. It it, it, it damn sure didn't happen because of uh, communists on the Democrat side all of a sudden respecting the Constitution. So it would take a little bit of investigation to understand why uh, this happened. But they voted 424 to 1 to get rid of this program that Biden uh, had, which is a good thing, but I'm not going to sit here and play the Star-Spangled Banner over it. No, but the, you would never see this kind. This is what you need to see. This is what you should expect to see news out of the House. Issues put in front, see where the votes lie. Right. If this was an omnibus bill or a continuing resolution that was just going to be passed, and you would never seen this. You would have never seen how many very Democrats good point. Very voted. Very good point. Right? Yeah, very good point. I didn't think of it that way. But that's a good point. A um, couple more clips, 412-206-6208, phones opening up in a couple minutes. Uh, Joe Biden doesn't want you to ever consider questioning authority or questioning the experts and the leaders in the government. Things that I also, it doesn't directly relate today, but Arthur and I talked a little bit about it earlier this morning, <laughs> is that... Um, what leaders say matter in terms of people's confidence in things they're not sure about. And one of those areas, uh, you saw what happened with regard to... Uh, and just a, just, just a quick comment, uh, a translation of this. You are too stupid to know what you need for yourself. Um, the, uh, the crisis, health crisis we had that cost us, lost well over a million people. And as time began to move on, you had more and more voices saying, no, 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 you don't need to get that shot. You don't need to be in case You don't need to. And we have a, a new strain of COVID now, and we have answers for it. But I just would urge those in public life and both political parties and no political party to be cautious about sometimes inflammatory things you say about this because people's lives are at stake. And the last piece was when I was vice president for a slightly different reason. I spent a lot of time going between rural areas and urban areas. Ah, shut up. How could you ever listen to somebody that sounds like that? I mean, 
I know. I I after oh, after a uh, marathon phone call from uh, one of the listeners, <laughs> I sounded like that, and I'm still suffering. Almost a week later, but I won't say who. Get to the phones in a second, but uh, eighteen. I, I, this is something that I want to make sure you never forget. 18 House Republicans, most of them you never heard of before, except for maybe Buck from Colorado, who's got his head up his ass, voted against an amendment from Chip Roy that would have defunded drag shows, that's homosexual, guys, ugly, ugly guys from the personnel department dressing up as women, and Pride Month homosexual events, at the Defense Department. And these are the 18 House Republicans that voted against striking this down. Buck, Calvert, Chavez Doremer, Curtis, Desposito. Look how many Hispanic names are here. Damn. Chavez Doremer, Desposito, Duarte, Fitzpatrick, Gabarino, Garbarino, Gonzalez, Tony, Joyce, Kane. Kylie, Lalota, Lawler, Mace, Mace voted against this. Molinero, Obernolte, Steele. That's unacceptable, man. I mean, damn, unbelievable. Uh, man, we're going to go to the phones in just a second. But first, and finally, we have former Republican House Speaker Newt Gingrich a huge member of the deep state who is starting to get sober, I think, is adding his voice to the growing chorus, uh, denouncing uh, and calling for the RNC to stop these debates, man. I mean, we're wasting so much time with these debates. Let's listen to Newt, and then we'll go to the phones. Where he has a real chance to make a difference. You know... I was talking to our mutual friend, uh, the pollster, Matt Towery, this afternoon. And Matt said to me, based on what he saw last night, this race is over. Donald Trump will be the nominee. They might as well quit having the various debates because they don't work. They're not helping anybody. Uh, And uh, I think that's where we are. I think Trump will be the nominee. And the question now for everybody is, do you want to see Joe Biden reelected or do you want to help Donald Trump? There's no middle ground here, I don't think. Uh, because you're either going to get Trump as president or you're going to get Biden, and Biden's reelection would be a disaster for the country. But I, I think you quoted on my podcast today someone saying, Trump now, after this last debate, is the reality, and defeating Biden is the necessity. So given those two yep. uh, you know, thoughts uh, that con- the conservatives, I, I imagine most of them see now, I mean, now what? Are people going to start dropping out and endorsing Trump, or are they just going to hang out until Super Tuesday? Well, I think, I mean, I think the Republican National Committee should cancel the future debates and say, look, uh, we recognize the objective fact that Trump will be the nominee. We want to work with him. And then the next big hurdle is a totally corrupt judicial system, which is trying every way it can uh, to, to deny the American people Uh, the right to have the candidate that they're choosing. I mean, Trump and some of these races, some of these polls 
Trump is like 43 points ahead of the next person. 43 points. Uh, he's going to be the nominee. And I think it tells you how terrified the left is that they're doing everything they can legally because they can't do anything politically. Uh, given the economy, given everything else that's going on, I think the odds are very high that Trump will win the general election. And they're going to do everything they can to stop that. That had to be so painful for Laura Ingram to deal with. Uh, and, and it's going to be fun to watch the pain at Fox News because Newt's absolutely right. And the RNC is not going to do what they're supposed to do. And hopefully everybody notices that and we can throw them in the dustbin of history, Jack. I just, I don't know what's coming. Um, yeah. We've got a lot of time before the elections. I mean, right now, it, it seems, you know, that it's Trump out there defying all of the slings and arrows thrown upon him right now under indictments. I mean, what, facing five, ten lifetimes in prison for BS, yet he still is polling above anyone. That debate was a joke. It turned into like a cat fight almost, uh, initiated by Nikki Haley. Go figure. But the claws were out, and they went after each other. Um, We just got to keep promoting the truth, exposing the truth, uh, supporting those who want that truth represented up there in in Congress. The Senate side, you you don't really see too much. They don't do anything. They they don't have anything out there. I don't I don't see them passing any of the House bills that were passed. Right? You had the four, uh, three of the four budget bills that are sent to the Senate. Are they going to pass those? Right. Do you see that happening? No, no. Um, so it's going to be a shutdown and it, we need it. This needs to be, that needs to be that red line. We're turning the ship around and you need to have a moment like this. I agree to highlight that you get everybody focused on it. Don't, just sit there and look at the news and say, doom and gloom, bloom, Ayanna Presley. There's no problem at the border. What we have a problem is we don't have enough money coming from uh, the Federal, the Federal Reserve. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, this is and this is this is something that look, um, I highlight we highlight things because they have to be highlighted. You can't win if you don't know what the enemy's doing. And the enemy is not just the Democrats. As a matter of fact, the bigger enemy is the Republicans. And the reason that I say that is because, believe it or not, there's more of us, way more of us, than there are them. Or they never would have done the J6 thing. They know they're in the minority. They know that there's more smart people in this country than stupid people. And that's what Democrats really are. That's why that Philly store thing with the grandma coming out and saying, I'm so ashamed of this social influencer. 
that's a turning point. And you, you know why? Because she that, saw in her own life racial injustice. She saw things that aren't here anymore that these freaking grifters are telling you that they are. Yep. You know, you have they, a- AOC out this. Oh, they're just trying to get food for their family, yeah. right? Lululemon and Apple I store, you know, getting the yeah. brand new iPhones. Yeah, that's going to go down good. That's part of the uh, what is the the da- the recommended daily allowance of you know <laughs> vitamins and minerals. Come on, man. Let's go to Marlene in Florida. Hello, Marlene. What's on your mind tonight? Oh, okay. Hello, Hutch. Hello, Jack. Hey, Marlene. Hey there. Anyway, this is kind of carrying on from Wednesday a little bit, but um, anyway, uh, this is another one of those, you know, anyway, I'll just get to it. Uh, This is happening Wednesday. A New York judge, and I've got the link in the chat just in case. he rules without any kind of trial or jury or verdict. He just says this is going to happen. And uh, he says that Trump must dissolve all his businesses in New York. And I call bullshit on that whole thing. I mean, it's unconstitutional. I'm thinking, you know, it's un, you know, unwanted search and seizure in this case. And uh, they're saying that he overvalued his real estate holdings. That's a bunch of baloney because... If you do a comparative market analysis, and I don't know how to do them on commercial property, but they can be done, uh, I'm sure his numbers were just fine. They just want to try to find one more way to, you know, to piss him off a little bit, and I think he'll beat this. I really do. It's a shame, yeah, well, a few, it, though. You know, I mean, it, it, it's uh, you. It you really sit is. there, right? You go out there and and uh, you want to buy a piece of property uh Mm -hmm. you give the financials the bank signs off on it you uh complete the loan you pay the bank with interest or you sell a piece of property and the thing is jack before you do that you have to know what to what to if you're going to sell something i'm talking about the market analysis you have to figure out how much you're going to sell it for or how much you want to pay for it yeah, but you know, it's always the, been. It's not the value yeah. of the property is not the issue. The issue is the corruption of the judiciary. Right. And I swear I see, yeah. the, the the biggest and and I'm gonna I'm gonna dig out this this clip because I can't find it, but I have a, a link to it of James Clapper's <laughs> testimony and what this government has done to the judiciary. We need mm-hmm. to fire every judge in the entire federal system as soon as possible. Right. That that mm-hmm. judge who pulled that ruling should be uh, eliminated exactly. from having his seat. We got a judge problem in this yeah, country. Once the, the dust settles, because um, if you look at any – I want to buy a piece of property or I'm going to sell a piece of property – I can say whatever the hell I want, how much it's worth, right? Right. Or I can do fair market value, but somebody could actually want, there could be, I mean, I might have a piece of property that might be worth $100,000, but there might be 15 people that see something in the future 
and they want that piece of property. Yeah, then the, you the got a bidding war. The price it sells for right. like exactly. yeah, the, the price it's, shouldn't be in court. Whoever, no, yeah, yeah, right. The, the consumer, the demand. If if I make ten times worth or ten times more than I pay for my property or what it's worth at that particular moment in time, and I sell it for that, there's no defrauding anything. Somebody, no, there isn't. Right, you have an appraiser, and the appraiser is not me. It's not the buyer. It is right. An it's independent. An indi- it's a third party. Yes, it's a third party independent. They come in and appraise it, and yes, it's do. appraised for a million. And the guy says, "I'm going to buy it for five million. I'm say sold." You sold. yes, because you can do that. You're the you're the seller. You have a right, right. to do that. And then he turns around and sells it for ten million because he knows something more than I do. Hey, mm-hmm. that's business, right? <laughs> like, exactly. Yes. Yes. So, so the, oh, the, yeah. the whole the whole deal with uh, there should be serious um, consequences for that judge to sit there and try and strip the Trump businesses of their mm-hmm. licenses, right? Yeah. She or he or she or whoever it was. Was basically saying, I think it was a him. When I they're no the longer, yeah, they're no longer entities. I saw some high, some headlines of like, well, New York might take over the Trump Tower, and I'm like, no, this is not going to happen. You can't no, do that. Um, no way. It's not going to. It's not going to outlast um, jurisprudence, right? When if you go yeah. to when they go to the appeals. It should immediately get struck out. So it probably it's just a matter will. of time. Yeah. Also, that article, uh, the one about understanding the uh, people in Washington, D.C., I was, that really touched me. That was a great article. I thought so, so too. so positive. Yeah. Oh, I, I love so that. Yeah. yeah. Now we need to utilize and we are. And I mean, you, look at look at Tucker Carlson. He was one of those guys in D.C. You know, I'm starting to hear people talk about him for VP. I don't. I don't that's agree not, with that. I don't agree with that. I don't, uh, no, he, I don't think so either. Just, but he's nice much, more much more valuable where he is right now. I agree. He is. And as far as Millie, good riddance. Goodbye. Nah. No, that, I want to say that, that, that guy got to be revisited. I'm sorry. I want to keep an eye on him to see where he lands. I do too. That guy. Well, I was, I was he, thinking he's going to end up on CNN or MSNBC. He's, he's he'll be a little less contributed to like the rest of them. That guy stabbed me <laughs> in my heart, man. That guy made me take my U.S. Did. Army flag off my house, man. I'm telling you. I that know. Guy, that yeah. guy right there, he, he, he just, because he's in my class. In other words, okay. we joined the Army at the same time. I understand. The, the, same, okay. way, the same way with all these people you know. The same way with Spooky, I got more time in, the, in than he does. But How many joined, chairmen's of the Joint Chiefs of Staff in history do you know documented that called up an adversary and are still alive to, the, know, to like, say, what? "Hey, don't worry. If the president says this, that." I will call you first. And this That's is exactly what he did. That was put in his position because Donald Trump, President Trump, put him there at the request of fat ass Chris Christie. 
Oh, no. Don't ever forget that. Chris oh, Christie from New Jersey, sorry, Vern, gave us Mark Milley. <laughs> oh, I didn't, that I didn't know. Did, did anyway, you see Christie? Christie uh, pulled the Donald Duck deal on the debate, but immediately. Oh, no. on, what a tool. What a he opened up. He opened himself up because immediately on Twitter or X, it was Porky, Porky Pig calls <laughs> out Donald Duck. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God! God no! So, yeah. it's, it's embarrassing. It's embarrassing. Our whole country yeah. is embarrassing. Stuff with the kidding. internet, man. Don't mess with the it. internet. Great <laughs> bullshit. Anyway, uh, CNN, they, oh, I saw this is that Explain America guy. But anyway, uh, CNN, I guess their Sunday shows, I just love this, and I hope they go out of business sooner the better, less than 55,000 viewers. Wow, that's now low. That, yeah, way low. And I was going, yeehaw, I love it. It doesn't and on matter. A lighter note, it doesn't matter. They're going to stay. I, mean, I don't watch it, but I You know what, though? I it's good. That it's it's good because more and more people are waking up, and that's a good thing. It is. All right, Marlene, and, time uh, to wrap lighter, it up. Time to wrap it up. I will wrap it up. Um, on a lighter note, uh, I remember Franco's videos because my dad loved that stuff, and we had to eat them every so often. <laughs> and uh, I back then, I used to listen to uh, the Oregon Deck football, basketball um, with the on the radio because they a lot of the away games we listened to them on the radio, and uh, see the the uh, Football guy was Jerry Allen, and I think he's still around. I don't know the basketball guy. He used to work for a local radio station, and his name escapes me. But, you know, that brings back a lot of fun memories. Because, you know, we couldn't get to go to the games. We, we turn on my dad's old radio, which I have here. And uh, we pulled it out. She pulled out the old can, Franco American. Uh, and they had the, uh, what was the... Uh... Chef Boyardee. There yeah. was actually yeah. a, an Chef old guy Boyardee in the 50s by, that made, was Chef yeah, Boyardee. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that was made by Frank. I, like I, never, I yeah. never understood the Franco part of that. French. I never did either, I know, French. but what, where's France I, come into spaghetti? I never understood that. Part. I don't know. I have no idea. I remember they had the, the Franco-American uh, commercial had this little Aldi dude walking through an Italian you know, neighborhood. Remember that? But he the said walls. a real dude was the uh, Chef Boyardee, yeah, they right? they said he had a, resi- a, a restaurant. <laughs> yeah, he's like, like, he put some SpaghettiOs out in the restaurant. I'm walking the hell out now. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> My guys have been working all day. <laughs> I don't care. I'm not eating that garbage. Right, Marlene, th- thanks for calling, Marlene. Appreciate it. You're welcome. Take we'll care. See, see you on Monday. All right, let's go to New Jersey and welcome Vern to the program. My man becoming a regular caller. What's going on, sir? Gentlemen, how are you this evening? Good evening, oh, sir. Doing good. Great. Jack, I'm glad you're doing better. I hate to hear when you're down and out, so good for you. You ought to start drinking some of the, the medicinal things that I drink, like I'm doing right now. <laughs> Cognac. Love this portion of the show. It's a it's a cool, crisp, rainy evening in New Jersey, and I have some fortified hot apple cider. Ooh, 
have uh, fortified it with just a aristocrat over here. I know. Do you put that yeah. that actual cinnamon bark right in there? And uh, I, I didn't quite have any cinnamon bark, so I substituted some fireball. Oh, <laughs> there you go, son. Woo! I'm See, there. Now, now, what I did, I, I took the advice of one of our listeners, Susan A., by the way, uh, probably about, I don't know, five years ago. It might have been longer than that. She sent me a blistering email. I, I used because I used to imbibe in the studio, and you know, with other than other than beer. And hmm, sometimes it nice. was notice. Sometimes it was noticeable toward the end of the show, and she would get on me about that. I'm like, so about five. It might even have been eight years ago. I banned right. any any alcohol from the studio, other than beer. So like, but when I say that right after the show, oh Johnny Walker Black is waiting. But go ahead. Oh. <laughs> I kind of like that in Bobbing while you're on the air. Well, give, give the show, give the show a little realness, a little grittiness. I'm imbibing, imbibing a little bit, but not you know, not right. to the extreme, you know. <laughs> Not not to Just the Friday a, night extreme that will uh, fireball. Yeah, fireball. <laughs> you know, it's on. Come on, Jack. I'm trying to get into the. I'm getting into the season of the fireball. There you go. Uh, Fireball's cool. Just a couple. It is. A couple of quick points. Uh, first, you were talking about a uh, meatball here over here in Philly. Um, see that that when the grandmother came out and sort of really blasted them, that just shows you how the gap between the generations, it yeah. really truly does. I agree. Because like you said, Hutch, what, what these people are doing now is they are demeaning and just totally dismissing every bad thing that that generation had to go through. I know. Now those people back then had to go through some real things like racism I know. and bigotry and all that. I mean, real. I mean, real stuff. No, I know. There were people I, I running agree. around killing them. Okay, that's not happening today. But these people, and and what they did is, like you've said on a couple of cases, they've taken over the language, and now they're using terms that mean something totally different. They're experts at for that, their yeah. own. You've, you've hit a perfect. You've, you've hit a perfect topic. They are experts, and all you have to do is watch one of these congressional hearings, and you listen mm-hmm. to these Democrats come out here. I don't know why we still call them Democrats. You listen to these communists that come out here, and they say exactly. They accuse us of exactly what they've been doing, and Absolutely. it just it blows my mind that that. So many people can't put the dots together, but then they, I think people aren't watching this. They don't get to see it unless they're like us. But I think I think Vern, I have a question for you, Vern. Like like I was trying to highlight the the grandmother, you know, being broad, broadcast on Philly News, basically saying, mm-hmm. you know, hey, shame, right? Mm-hmm. I hope she comes out and apologizes. And then goes on to do good for the community. I mean, we've seen the West Coast chaos, Central America, Central United States, Chicago, Detroit, 
the the same activity. You don't see somebody uh, in the family of authority standing up and saying, stop here on the East Coast. They're trying to do this in Philly. And then here you have grandmother come out and say, that's that's not the girl I know, right? Mm-hmm. She should be ashamed. Right. Put the shame on her. I mean, I haven't seen. So I don't know if it's going to do anything. I hope it does, because I know uh, I when I was growing up, the last thing I want to do was to disappoint my grandmother in my activity. So, um, do, do you see that as any kind of? hope that there's a turn yes is, can I, we I really can do. we fight back on the east coast we we can we we absolutely can and and maybe hutch could attest to this back in the old days big grandma was the law <laughs> yeah. in the neighborhood because, remember that hutch? and the reason and the reason that is is because the mothers were so young right that's mothers exactly were, right. I remember, honest to God, I remember because I used to run with a, <laughs> I used to run with a diverse crowd. Let's put it that way. And <laughs> I remember these these individuals. These uh, individuals. We're walking down the street. <laughs> oh, man, I got a baby in that house. I got a baby over in that house. I got, a, And I'm like, dude, man, what the hell? But you know what? The woman, the mother, was not raising the kid. The grandparents were raising the kid, and half the time, grandparents was grandma. There wasn't no granddad. And this is literally true. This this is, I mean, this is what I lived. You know, Vern? It's like there was was grandma that, (laughs) what Vern is saying is that grandma raised the family. Grandma ran the neighborhood. Indeed, the neighborhood too. And yeah. she, and she, and she had no problem with beating your ass and beating your friend's ass and too, and would, then telling and, his grandma and, about it. And they would be in the second floor window hanging out with size fifty two. <laughs> hey, hanging out but see that, and they will call that your ass that, out. Yes. Yes. And I think it's starting to turn towards that again a little bit. I really believe that because at some point people just get fed up with all the nonsense. You really, really do. And I think these people, the, you know, like we used to say, I the expand, silent majority. I want to expand on what you said a little bit mm-hmm. about grandma and grandpa too. Uh, yeah. When I was growing up, man, Chuck Man and Sue were nowhere near blood re- relatives of me. But they were my second dad and mom. And they weren't supposed to be. They they were like to 20 or 30 kids. They were mom and dad. You know what I mean? It, it was like. Yeah. Yeah. They were like political power <laughs> in the hood, man. It was, <laughs> it was like, I mean, we went to the barbecue at their house. You know, we, we, we like went up on the roof on their house and met our girlfriend. You know, it was, it was amazing. It was a good time. I, 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 
one of the most one of the best times of my life. But I know most Back of the, in audience, the, day, most of the audience is going, what in the hell is he talking about? Vern knows what I'm talking about. But back in the day, that was the structure of the society. In the city. It was, yep. uh, yeah, in the, in the inner city. Yep. The, I will put that, yes, in the inner city. But there was always that presence. Yep. And we, we lost that for a while. And I think it's starting to revert back and, to that. And, 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 and let really me just add one thing, and then I'm going to shut up. That presence was omnipotent. In other words, when you look at stories from the, the city today and you see these guys with their guns and all the all the evil, man, Sue could slap one of them upside the head and knock them out and they wouldn't do nothing. They, You're right. They ran it. it. It didn't matter how tough you were. There was an underlying respect for that. Right. There was. There was. And that's what this society has has lost over the years. They've lost a sense of respect and accountability. Well, you, because you the government the government was helped take that away. Yeah. And it they, they created an environment where there was no way out, right? If you're talking inner yep. cities and you sit there and say don't worry. You vote for us. We'll take care of you. At the same time, they're not offering no way out. Right? Well, no. Well, go ahead, Bern. I was just going to say, what they did is they rewarded it. Yeah. Right. They well, rewarded single mothers. They rewarded all of these people who were having children at a wedlock with fatherless homes. And you know that's what? why the the grandmother um running the show was the rescue from that. Yes. That was the same That was net. the rescue. It's like here's the person from a, a former generation that knows better than you idiots and she's taken over. And now we're, we're disrespecting her too. Yes. You know, but that was the savior in, in, in that little 20 years of time. If it wasn't for that grandmother, oh, man, who knows what would have happened? All right. You're right. But that's just a part of society that I'm sad to see Me too. went the way it did. But I think it's starting to turn forward. It is starting. I, 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 hope I so. really, really do. And then one more quick point. Um, you were talking about, you know, talking about gloom and doom yeah. and everything else. But unfortunately, that is a possibility and a reality. I know. And one of the things and one of the things we need to think about, and you mentioned this on Wednesday, you know, with everything going on with this next election, what do we do if we don't come out on top? We gotta start thinking about that, Vern. We need to we need we to do. plan that. We, we need do. to have an we need to have a plan B. I agree. I agree a hundred percent. What a brilliant, brilliant and I don't uh, know. statement. I'm, I'm not sure what it is, but well, one of the things we have to do is we have to get rid of the Republican Party. That's one. I think so too. Number I don't know, two, I don't know what the alternative is. 
you know what? We need to just figure out. We need to find leaders who are beyond the crap, beyond the bullshit, and beyond the money, and just say, look, this is right. We got to do what's right. Let me change the verbiage on that just a little bit, Vern. Um, Okay. uh, Because of something that I've been dealing with. Um, Maybe it's time to stop characterizing these people who are not as smart as us as leaders. Maybe we should start characterizing them as more as representatives than leaders. They're not leading us anywhere. You know what I'm saying? It's just, it's something that I just think their, their value needs to be denotched a little bit. Absolutely. I really, really do. And to quite frankly, I think just about 80% of them need to be voted out and need to be gone. I agree with that too. I think that this is what the four, when the forefathers put together the constitution, they, they envisioned not people making lifelong careers out of doing this. I agree. Exactly. Exactly. They, they envisioned turnover. They envisioned everyone being involved from every walk of life, whether you were from New Jersey, Virginia, wherever. Electing, delegating, uh, basically finding the best of your area and saying, hey, we want to send you there for two years. We want to send you there for six years. Then you can come back and be successful as you were is the reason why we sent you there. Not to be a politician, but to represent us as your successful uh, person that you are in our state. Think about this. I saw an article today that Robert F. Kennedy Jr. is now going to run independent. Think about that in the aspect of the general election. Hmm. He's pulled nineteen percent. That's giant. That's plus. giant. That's giant. Yeah, that is. That's that's huge. That's that uh, and 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 the sad part. And Vern, thanks for calling, man. I always appreciate it, brother. All right. Thank you. Great call. Uh, but Jack, the thing that scares me about that is um, that's where you start lobbing missiles into Russia. You know what I mean? That that that's that's something that the 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 establishment can't handle. That. And it scares the shit out of me. I'm not saying we shouldn't. I mean, that we shouldn't a, do it. You're talking maybe a false flag because there's yes. no justification oh, definitely. Definitely. for us to be. <laughs> uh, no, just because, uh, you, you know. A, you got a chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff that just sat there and uh, called President Trump a dictator. I mean, th- this is this is the last leg for these people. This is a dangerous situation, and, and I'm not. I'm not saying that RFK Jr. should definitely do that. Just prepare you. Though. Eyes on, eyes open. Yeah, stay focused. Just like Sun. I mean, we read the Sundance article. Yeah. Basically, told us and uh, and championed us because we know more than those yes, we do. that reside. In those seats in Congress or the Senate. I don't think that you know, but I know that you do. That's real. Exactly. That is freaking real. 
Jack, it's been a great episode. I'm uh, feeling real good about it. Uh, some final comments, more. and how can tell people me, get tell me, sir? Oh, oh, I'm just you know I'm working on seven cylinders. I'm I, I had the, the eighth cylinder was scorched by uh, a caller, Ken, which I won't <laughs> name. But he didn't uh, call tonight either. I know. He, <laughs> but it, as always, it's always a, a very um, enriching and grateful experience to share your show, me being allowed to be a part, along with this uh, Cold War Radio Spreaker VFW audience and all those tuning in later. Uh, God bless you. Uh, be blessed. Stay strong. We will win this fight. I agree, Jack, and I am blessed to have you on our team, man. You are amazing. I love the Friday shows. I like all the shows, but, man, there's something special about Friday. And thank you for all the work that you do. I hope you feel better. Ladies and gentlemen, um, we give it the best we have, man. We're trying our best. Um, I'm even, I, I dig, I dug back into the Wayne Dupree show archives and got this outro. I love this thing. This is Neo. Uh, wow. Brings back memories. Uh, I hope it's loud enough. I think it is. I'm a, a stickler for, uh, audio quality, but, uh, anyway, you can catch me Monday to Thursday on the Wayne Dupree program at 12 noon on Rumble, Getter, everywhere you can go there, and uh, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, right here on Spreaker for now. Thanks for letting us into your life for a couple and a half hours. Uh, Time to go, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you. Appreciate it. Uh, God bless.